Welcome everyone to another episode of Not Your Average Netizens. This is Ash and I'm joined by luckily the full roster of podcasters for this episode. I would like to introduce Nat. Hello. Jimin. Uh, hi, sorry. I was, um, somebody looked like they don't shower popped up, so I had to. Hi. Rude. <laughs> <laughs> and Jay. Hi, I do shower. <laughs> <laughs> this is a special episode, um, not because of jokes, but because we have a um, special guest for this episode. She is a uh, K-pop writer and a podcaster and her name is deb hello 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 it is great having you here deb thank you so much for joining us and the name of your podcast is quite teen words so it's like you know when in dramas they go quite teen and they're saying quite teen so it's quite teen words <laughs> okay awesome that is a great podcast name. It's great. Full <laughs> disclosure, though, um, sorry to interrupt. If you search on popular K-pop opinions, I'll be you'll probably find it easier. Oh, OK. Yeah. OK. Is that like a, a second name for it or like a sub name? Yeah, it's like okay. the subtitle. OK, cool. So a few questions for you, Deb. Not too many, but mm-hmm. just so that we and the listeners can get to know you a little bit better. How how did you get into K-pop? Um, so I'll give you I'll try to give you the short story. But uh, my brother brother was married to a Korean woman, so she was like from Seoul and everything. And during that time of his life, he tried to put me on to Wonder Girls. Um, I did not let it happen, and I regret it very much but luckily a few years after that one of my korean friends put me on to 21 and big bang sadly that was like at the end of both of their like heights so i didn't really get to see them perform or anything but around that time like 2016 ish is when i first got into k-pop okay uh who are your biases in your groups or like, you know, idol singers or in general? Yeah, I am proudly a multi fan. Like I enjoy music way too much to kind of be dedicated to one person. So with that being said, my groups would definitely be like BTS, NCT 17. Uh, I really like got seven and day six especially i love day six actually and in the past i was more of a boy group person but now i like both so for girls i would say twice i love twice um red velvet and let's see who else um those are the ones that just come to mind right now i guess okay what made you want to go from just being a fan to becoming a voice and platform in the community? Sure. With that, I've just noticed there's a lot of, I'm going to be upfront, like just white people in this writing space 
which is nothing's wrong with that. I just don't think it's representative of the fan base itself. The fan base is very diverse, not in just races, but ages and backgrounds. And I felt like that was not being reflected by the people writing it and the people being given opportunities. But that being said, the same people are still being given opportunities. Um, and I'm hoping to kind of get my foot in the door as well, because I just feel like people need to know that I think people in K-pop fan base know there's black fans, but other people don't really know that. And I think that's important. Also, there's really, truly like almost no POCs that are visible in the writing, K-pop writing space. Like I'm sure if you guys follow a lot of the writers, you kind of get a gist of like, it's like a group um, that they kind of know each other. And yeah, there's like maybe one or two other POC people that I can think of that are in this space as well. What's your favorite reason for sticking with K-pop? And have you ever thought about leaving the fandom? Mm, Okay. So my reason for sticking around is definitely the community that comes from it, even though it can skew both ways, whether it's positive or negative. The fact that I'm able to be on this podcast with you guys says a lot about the kind of community that K-pop can bring together. I've also may have some really great friends in real life that I've met because we're like Twitter mutuals. And now we like hang out like a lot. And I have thought about leaving. I want to say K-pop in general. I will say, I don't even know if I like want to share this completely, but I saw BTS last May and I'll be seeing them again actually this year. And after the concert, I, for some reason, I can't really explain it. I felt very overwhelmed um, just by everything. And I was just like, okay, I've seen them in real life now. Maybe like I'm done. Clearly here I am. I'm not done, but Um, That was definitely one instance where I don't know what it was, to be quite honest. I was just very overwhelmed by everything. And I was pretty close (laughs) to just being like dropping it. Okay. Interesting. Where do you see K-pop in five years? That is a very good question. If I had to guess, I guess I I don't want to be pessimistic about it and be like well music kind of has its cycles and its trends um but I definitely feel like even if the fan base grows the kind of coverage and press they get at least here where we're based in North America or more specifically the United States I feel like the press might hit a peak if that makes sense because like now, especially if you're a K-pop fan, you definitely see all the articles and um, the people writing about K-pop. And it's wonderful and it's great. But I feel like it might soon reach a peak. And I think it gets a lot of visibility now. So just because it might reach a peak doesn't mean it's a bad thing. I just think like there might be a certain point. And I could be completely wrong, but everything kind of works in cycles in society from fashion and music. So like, I feel like that is just inevitable at some point. 
Like if you think of the biggest groups back in the day, like they're not the biggest groups now, but they all hold a very dear place in our heart. Um, so I think that's what would naturally, if we're talking what would happen naturally, that's my guess. But I could be wrong. I could be so, so wrong. So that is just like a guess based off of history. Okay. What do you consider to be benchmark or cultural resets in K-pop? That is a good one. Definitely. I know there's a lot of debate on the different generations, but one of the, I feel like one of the biggest ones is kind of when like, I know Shiny and EXO were active during the same time, but it also kind of felt like they were passing the baton in a way. So definitely then, and I definitely think when BTS was on the Billboard Awards, or they, sorry, they won the Billboard Awards, that was super duper huge. Not necessarily because it was in the Billboard Awards, because the Billboard who was checking really checking for billboard like that before debatable but um when they won that it definitely exposed k-pop on a more national level that just hasn't been done in the past few years in my opinion um so those are definitely like two moments that kind of come to mind for me okay any moments that you felt were like most shocking for you? Hmm. I feel like this isn't necessarily shocking, but um, when Card debuted, I guess when they came out as a co-ed group, I thought that was pretty big. And like, as you can see, there aren't really that, I don't know of really any other group that is co-ed even up to now. Or maybe there are co-ed groups, but there is not as popular as Card. Another shocking moment would probably be when Girls' Generation, not one, they broke, they're not broken up technically. So, or Tiffany's gone, has cut ties with their company, but she's technically still part of Girls' Generation. But seeing all these artist kind of goes solo I guess is another thing that maybe it's not totally shocking but it's definitely to at least in my opinion something like the visibility they're getting as solo artists is definitely something new okay and finally are there any changes in k-pop that you'd like to see happen in the future hmm Okay, I'm going to sound super shady for this. Uh, I don't mind when other people, let me just be more, even very specific. I don't mind when non-Black people participate in hip-hop and R&B and rap. Like, there's lots of K-pop songs that take influence from that, and I fully enjoy their songs. I just don't like it when they do it in a way that is just not tasteful. I don't know how to um, eloquently word this, but basically like if there aren't 
black people helping you out or if you don't know what you're doing don't dip your toes in it like so i would like to see them not participate in hip-hop if it's not really their style or you know dive into more asian like themes and stuff like that kind of like how nct did with kick it like i i know we have various um opinions on the song but i really enjoyed like what they're paying homage to and how they executed it and how it just felt more natural to them okay well thank you Deb, for answering the questions. We are glad you are here. And if you want to hear extra opinions and comments from Deb, we also uh, have her um, joining us on our MV commentaries uh, from this recording session, I should say. So our most recent MV commentaries will have um, Deb also with us as we uh, watch and comment on the latest K-pop MVs. And Debbie will be joining us for the rest of the podcast, which is great. Let's move on to what we're listening to and just talk about what you guys have been listening to as far as K-pop and any other music these past couple of weeks. Nat, you want to go first? Sure. Uh, so, in terms of K-pop, I've still been listening to Monster X's "All About Love" because it is the best, one of the best albums that I have ever listened to, like from top to bottom. Well, I mean, we can we can skip that um, "Will I Am" remix, whatever version, <laughs> whatever song that is. We can skip that out. But everything else is just so good so beautiful uh just sounds good it makes me feel good got some reggae vibes in there like it's it's a great album it's very solid i've also been listening to the Dreamcatcher comeback uh so it will scream obviously uh, i did listen to the mini i wasn't a huge fan of it uh but Scream is definitely a song that I've been listening a lot to. And so every time YouTube gives me a playlist based on my listens, it's those songs plus uh, Wavy's Love Talk, of course, <laughs> because why not? And uh, that's pretty much it for K-pop, I think. And I've been listening to Kevin Gretz's latest mini. And on Apple Music, they have these like, playlist for years so i've been listening to like the 1994 year in pop <laughs> and like 1993 and like so forth and i've just been listening to those because they're like great throwbacks and like some of my favorite songs from my childhood and things like that so i've been um sort of like like i've been listening to meatloaf's i'll do anything for love but i won't do that because i remember being obsessed with it and i listened to it again and I was like this is a good damn song so <laughs> I've been listening to like very opposing random music lately oh and the Justin the Justin Bieber album I have sort of been listening to that because I don't mind it uh and just like hype up music because I've been going to the gym a lot this week so a lot of Lil Mix a lot of Leslie Grace 
lot of uh, YG groups. And yeah, that's it for me. Um, so I've been listening to, uh, in terms of K-pop, uh, the Kira Solo Collection. Um, and that's honestly really about it. And just like the same, um, like New Goose. Because <laughs> there hasn't been anything new that I've been like, I want to hear that again. Um, same thing with the non-K-pop. Um, they had one of Britney Spears' albums for like two dollars, so <laughs> so I got it. Um, in the zap, so I've been listening to that a lot, and that's about it. Just those two. Yeah. Okay. Um, just to note, Jay, you might want to fiddle with your mic a little bit. You're still a little staticky, so um, yeah. But I heard most of that, so that was good. Um, Jimin, you want to go? Um, sure. So I've been listening to, in terms of, if this guy does not stop asking me dumb questions about English, um, I've been listening to, in terms of Western music, there's a, I think I mentioned him before on our podcast, an artist called Pink Sweats. He's got a couple songs that I like. And ironically, I was introduced to him through Deb's fave, Jimin. Um, but he's got a couple good songs, um, that I like, uh, Would You and, um, Call Me and songs like that. In terms of, K-pop, I've been listening to some BTS, My Time um, by Jungkook, and I listen to ON, but not because of like, (laughs) the reason why is not the same reason I listen to the other songs on my playlist, but I've also been getting back into Rosie by Luna because I thought the song was giving me bad luck for a minute, so I stopped listening (laughs) because I thought it was giving me bad luck, but I started listening again. Um, I've been listening to 101 mostly light um because i like that song a lot and um i think i feel like that's really it luna nct um 101 which if you had heard this podcast like two years ago that would have been like blasphemy almost um and a little bit of 17 because i rediscovered some of their deep cuts that i really like they have a song called it's not even this song's not i don't even think a deep cut but it's a song called Lily the Abai. It's a really good song. Oh, and Shiny. I like, you guys know I love Shiny, but I've been like re getting, like reacquainting myself with um, my love for Shiny. Um, and then, of course, Super M, like all day. I mean, what would I do without Super M? So, nothing real specific, but just kind of like cycling through different songs on my way to work or whatever. Oh, let me cut that out, Ash. Cut the, like, the literally the last part out. Um, Nothing much, just cycling through songs. So, all right, that was really it. <laughs> okay, Deb, where have you been listening to? Hey, um, so in terms of Western music, I'm kind of all over the place. So, Juicy by Doja Cat is like the top of my list. Um, and then I really like Beef Flow Mix by Flo Millie. In terms of K-pop, I I really like Filter, which is on Map of the Soul 7. Uh, well, 
Hoodie's not K-pop. She's K-R&B, but I really like her song, Adios. I actually listened to that song on, like, repeat. And then Fancy by Twice, which is a bit older, too. Um, Ung Ung by A-Pink. And let's see what else. And then, um, honestly, Minnow, Fiance, and Body, like, I know those are both pretty, like, older, but I still, like, jam to those, like, so hard. So those are my picks. Okay. Well, I listened to the new Lady Gaga song, um, Stupid Love, and I am not a little monster, but I did, like, when she initially came out, I liked a lot of her, like, kind of electro pop kind of sound but i have to say i'm disappointed by her newest song it um something about it just doesn't like hit me the way like her other stuff has it seems very like it seems too similar to what she's done before and then something about it just it just i don't know it just needs something extra so yeah, I'm not really excited for her album, but maybe she's got some other cuts that are um, that are more engaging than this latest song that she released. Um, so that was like I haven't really been listening to a lot recently but that was one song that I kind of was like oh I heard it was coming out and you know I kind of wanted to you know see what it was you know going to be like so um yeah oh and I don't know if you guys know them because they were like this one girl group that was part of a they were actually part of a um like really like not well known reality show on BET that Kelly Rowland was a part of to put together like an R&B girl group called June's Diary has anybody heard of them mm-hmm. okay I have, well, I have. they, they yeah. are so good they are really, really good so and I've been listening to them and been hoping that they get some sort of resurgence because (laughs) you know kelly kind of left them high and dry um but they still have um destiny child's former manager um i think his name's freddie something but he's fred um but he's working with them and i've been seeing them pop up on like youtube and social media and so i hope they're gearing up for like an album or something but they are so good if you're missing like good r&b girl groups they kind of fill that void because their voices are just like crazy they can harmonize like nobody else so yeah so with that let's move on to comebacks we watched quite a few in our MV reviews. We saw um, BTS um, and their comebacks, which are basically kind of repeats of their 
previous songs, just releasing new MVs for for it. Um, Dreamcatcher, Everglow, Wacky Mecky, um, and of course NCT with uh, Neo Zone. Um, did anyone have any thoughts on any of these comebacks in particular? I know NCT people probably have some things to say. Um, so I have some thoughts on the Neo Zone um, combat, comeback. Um, I think it's a really strong offering from NCT 127. I think they've been experimenting a lot. Like on each of their albums, I've noticed there's like something different to hold on to. And I think this is a different sound for them. It's a very mature sound, very throwback R&B. I want to say like 90s R&B kind of sound mixed with like soft pop and it's and there's, it's jazzy at points. And I think that if you're looking to get in, if you're looking to get into something new and maybe you associate NCT with their noise, I think people should, you know, give them a break on that because yes, they have a reputation of putting out noise because they do put out noise. They kick it is noise. Um, but I will say that's not nearly representative of their discography. Um, even just the tracks on this one album, that's not representative of them. And, and to me, when we're talking about noise, NC, NCT is the poster child for doing noise well. I don't think there's a group that does noise as good as NCT. So even if you, you know, really, really like noise, you can, you know, find great noise with NCT. So those are like, I really feel like people should really give this album a chance. And I did hear that it's already got over, it's like over half a million um, pre-sales. I don't know if that's just in South Korea or like where those numbers are coming from. That's just what I heard. Um, I am going to verify that at some point. Um, but again, I'm not stating this as fact. I'm just stating that it's something that I read. So if that's true, that's extremely impressive. And um, I hope that they can continue to excel and progress. Um, and I know people are worried about Mark, but Mark will be okay. He's been, Mark has been, uh, working three jobs since he was 14 <laughs> so like <laughs> the baby has been employed since he was a fetus so he it'll be fine i think if he was you know having a lot of issues it would be more apparent you know you know you know how like when people are tired and exhausted it's kind of obvious i've seen it with idols mark doesn't give me that vibe and i almost feel like he's so outspoken he would just say it if that was the truth um, so I wouldn't worry about him too much. I mean, I get why people are worried just because this whole trend of idols taking off, but I, I don't know. I just don't think that it doesn't seem like there's, um, cause for concern right now. So yeah, I'm excited about it. I'm happy about it, but that's my little spiel on Neozone. So. Um, I completely agree with Jimin, and I'm so sorry. I get cold so hard when you said Mark was working three jobs. But um, I definitely agree with everything Jimin said. Like, there's definitely something for everyone. Like, if for some reason you are solely a Mark and Young fan, like, just those two specifically, you have Mad Dog and Sit Down, um, on the album or if you're into pop and like maybe 90s influenced R&B then that's definitely where a lot of the songs on the album will shine through like Pandora's Box, Daydream, Love Me Now, Love Song, Not Alone, White Night, and Boom. Um, 
And definitely for me, my favorite tracks were Kick It and Elevator. The two are actually pretty different, um, but they still, they both still have pretty um, upbeat tempos, which I really enjoy. I think, as I also said in the music video um, review that Kick It definitely like is a quintessential NCT 127 song. And I think that it was a good choice as their like highly promoted song or I don't know what people call it now, like A-side. It's not really a title track, but I really think that it's a great song to start off the whole vibe of the album before diving in, in into the softer sounds of the album. Okay, any other thoughts on any of the other comebacks? Let's see. Uh, so Itzy's coming back, I think on the 9th. And I'm interested to see what they do because Dala Dala was like a really big hit for them. And then that Icy or It's Icy song sort of came and went. Like I... I actually totally forgot about it, to be honest with you. Um, and they have had like a really long rollout in terms of trailers and teasers and things like that. Like, I honestly thought they had dropped the song already because I had seen so much um, advertisements for the sort of the rollout for it, but it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> I think it's next week, Monday or Tuesday, maybe it's going to drop. So that's going to be a thing. Uh Taeyeon is dropping a single called Happy. I think mid-month? Can't remember the date. Uh, it looks like uh, Four Seasons, but like a happy version of it. <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. And Big Bang's coming to Coachella. So that's kind of like a comeback. Still like counting that down. But uh, and in terms of comebacks that have already happened uh dreamcatcher dropped a full-length album actually and it was interesting like it it really did show that they could do other things than sort of like the rock anthems that we're used to and i know a lot of people really 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 like red sun uh which is i think like the second or third song on that album but i still think scream is actually one of the stronger songs that they did uh, and but they had like a lot of like a different sort of vibes going on that uh, like endless night and they have that jazzy sort of song on it that worked actually quite well. Uh, so I would say give it a, tr- a listen. The girls are working very hard. Hopefully they I don't think they're going to bag a wing this time because it's just really competitive with all the releases. But just you know support the girls. I think they deserve it. Oh, and also uh, Everglow with Dun Dun. Support the girls. All right. Jay, any thoughts? Do you want anything you want to add? Um, I like the Dreamcatcher song, the title, um, Scream. I like that. So I might check out the rest of their um, album, NCT. I'll get around to it when <laughs> I get around to it. Um, one group that I do want to come back for that probably isn't going to happen is um one one the nine or wonder nine they're this new group that were on a survival show and they had a comeback right after they all won the show and they didn't have another one until october 
and they only have a year long contract that's up next month. So they're probably not going to do anything <laughs> between now and April. Um, so I'm kind of mad about that because their first mini was really good. Um, but they're signed to Kira's old company. So that tells you everything you need to know. And good luck. Yeah. And um, the guy, the tall guy from JBJ, he had a comeback like two days ago, but I'm not really feeling the song. So, yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, that's that's about it for me. All right. Well, now let's move on to our topics, our news and rumors and get some conversation started. Uh, first up is some news on the K-pop band or maybe you could call them K-Rock. Um group The Rose, they filed for contract termination from their company, J and Star Company, um, citing issues with payment and an unreasonable schedule. One of their issues was that the payment issues hadn't been settled since they debuted, essentially. So they are saying that they basically would only really want the contract terminated rather than trying to go for the um, compensation of money owed. They'd rather just leave at this point. Um, Jay and Star Company is obviously refuting all of this and fighting the charges, saying that they're going to take legal action and request compensation from the Rose. And it looks like it's basically all going to be going to court. Um, it's kind of a unfortunate situation for for them. Um, I don't really know the Rose that well. I don't know if any of you guys listened to them or heard anything by them. But, I mean, in any case, for these groups, I mean, we all know that they enter into contracts with these companies and they are, you know, they owe tons of money, like right off the bat um, for training and, and other services rendered um, in exchange for them, you know, dedicating their entire lives to, you know, becoming music musicians, music stars. But, you know, you also have these companies that kind of go the extra mile and, you know, withholding money from people and, you know, not paying them what they're worth or what they deserve. So it's good that the Rose is trying, you know, they're coming in united and they're trying to just kind of break ties with the company despite the fact that they're fighting that the company is fighting this but hopefully things will come out in their favor there i feel like there are more groups and more artists that are coming out against companies than there used to be i mean not that there's a lot but i feel like 
it's more acceptable to kind of say, yeah, hey, you owe me money or you haven't been treating me as I you know, should be treated as your client and working for you. And so, you know, I feel like it's less it's less of a taboo to, to come out against these you know, companies than it used to be. So, you know, hopefully things will, you know, come out in the Rose's favor and they'll be able to leave and maybe debut in a new company that, you know, where they can get compensated. Any thoughts on, on that? Any? Yeah. So I do like the Rose. Uh, I like their song. Sorry, especially I think that was like their debut track. Uh, and their their lead singer has like an amazing amazing voice uh so it, like it hooked me right away and I think I also like really like baby as well too and like she's like the star or something like that but they have like really good songs uh really along the lines of like day six as well and I know that um one or two of the members from there is actually friends with members from day six as well so you know, they have, like, a really good vibe together. Um, I will say, too, that, like, with this lawsuit, they don't want to break up. They just want to move from the company. And one of the reasons is that they put them on, like, a 17-day tour in that would span, like, 32 days. So, basically, they'd be, like, doing a show almost every other day which is insane. Like when you think about it, right? Um, like for almost anybody, like you need more than one day break, you know, especially if you're moving from city to city and things like that. So is it in Korea? Um, I don't know. I, I have to double check that. I just knew that the tour, it was an American tour. Ooh. Oh, wow. Yeah. I just saw them like last year, I think. Now that I think about it. Yeah, last year, late last year. So that's really surprising. That means they're like getting them in and out like really quickly. Yeah. And it could be a money thing, you know, like the more they tour, the more money they make. And that could probably also explain why, you know, because they're stating that they haven't gotten paid pretty much since they debuted. I mean, obviously, like the company's covering like their room and board and things like that, but they haven't gotten like payment and they haven't gotten even like, um, they're supposed to get like monthly um, revenue sort of like schedules and things like that. They haven't gotten that. So it could be like, as, as you know, Ash mentioned, like it's expensive to debut a group. It's expensive to have a group. And some of these companies start in so much debt that if they're not able to recuperate it, like especially very soon into the career, it it sort of just keeps piling up. And, you know, they they pretty much only cover like, the things that you need to survive for a while. Um, and they just don't pay their artists <laughs> uh, because of the way the model is set up anyways. Right. So it could be that uh, I don't know what's going to come of it because the companies still in Korea have, you know, quite a bit of power in, even for small companies. So, I mean, look at TS entertainment and like, how they got sued by almost everybody who's there, including former employees who haven't been paid. But they're still, you know, they're still, you know, um, putting through artists. They're still operating. <laughs> so it's, and they're still trying to like sue these people. 
Uh, so in in revenge or whatnot. So it's 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 going to be interesting to see how this plays out because uh, I think it's pretty straightforward. You know, like you can prove that you haven't been paid and you can prove that you haven't gotten the things that you're promised in your contract. But yeah, as I said, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out in the Korean courts. I think they might win because a lot of the groups now come out well they have come out about like their companies not paying them they won the their cases um like the legend they won their case somewhat similar to this um bat town too um i could talk about that for days um and even this situation now with the rose is kind of like block b and bap so i think they have a good shot of like having the contract terminated but this like the Korean way of like promoting idols and working at a loss is not working. So the whole system needs to like change that because otherwise like this keeps happening. Like this isn't anything new now. Like it was like maybe five years ago when it was like, Oh, they're not getting paid. It's like, now we're like, nobody's getting paid. Like it's still the norm, but it's not right. Cause if you work, then you should be paid. Like, if not, that's slavery. Exactly. Like, because, I mean, I'm pretty sure none of us would work for free just for, like, the the hell of it. Like, you know, if you do work, then you should get paid. It's not the Rose's fault that their company doesn't have money to pay them or to, like, have the equipment. Because that's something that a, comp- a music company should have or have connections to, like, you know, with music stores to like rent the equipment and things like that so if you don't even have the stuff to provide for your employees and you're going to withhold their wages that they worked for that's not right like that just doesn't this (laughs) it just doesn't make sense like that um i mean i i kind of can't speak too much about all that because i don't know in depth how businesses outside of america really work but and I'm not saying like America's better in that aspect or anything, but what they have right now isn't working. But it's like nobody's trying to figure out something that is more fair to everyone. So we'll see what happens like that. So I hope they win, honestly, because yeah, I definitely when I saw them, actually now that I think about it. It's not like I could see the sadness on their faces, but like definitely I felt like I was picking up on some energy and um, I can't say it was because of this situation, but if it is, I hope it's resolved uh, quickly because they really have um, talented people in their band and we need more groups like them. So I love K-pop, but also I'm a huge rock fan. So I love when I see people playing instruments and stuff. But yeah. Uh, can I can I say one more thing about about that? Like the I know we talked a little about it earlier about how people may do hip hop or rap in K-pop when that really isn't their thing. Mm-hmm. But like half of the K-pop sales are hip hop or rap or R&B and then the rest of it is everything else so like we were kind of saying earlier that even if somebody's not feeling hip-hop that is a quicker way for them to get noticed because I mean you we all see like 
even some of these rappers keep these K-pop group rappers that are trash. Like they go hard for them. They go hard for them, and they just like you know green bees, and they're like, oh my gosh, they're so good. And it's like, are y'all serious? Like they don't demand any. They don't demand them to get better at their craft of rap want to do like that. They just accept the bare minimum and they just like reward them with all the success and they give them all these platforms and things like that. And I mean, that's kind of how Jay Park turned out. Shots <laughs> fired. Everybody accepted him doing the same thing, him not growing and things like that. And some of that criticism didn't start right away, like maybe in the last four years, five years, that people were like, okay, do something different. Like, okay, you can still do the try hard stuff, but we want to hear some more R&B. And then like, he wouldn't listen. And so that's why, why his career is in shambles because he wasn't like trying to improve himself like that. Um, and K-Rock is a lot harder. It doesn't get as much promotion. Like even day six going on music bank with their instruments that shit isn't plugged in <laughs> it isn't yeah they said that it's, it's not, not. In. it's not real i mean if rock is whole thing is like being real and authentic compared to pop being manufactured you know they're not really showing that when your music when your instrument isn't even on wait you know? their instruments aren't plugged in for real yeah, it's kind of that because, um, because they used to do that to Motown artists, like they used to, or like back in the day, they used to, you used to couldn't, like, you know, plus do anything really live because of like it would mess with the broadcast, right? It's kind of like the lip syncing, like they want the, a perfect performance, and the way you're going to get that is if you lip sync to the auto tune track because if yeah. you play it live and it's going to pick up on, you know, like the delay somebody has or, you know, they you're missed breathing. it out. And yeah, like it's going to pick up on all that ambient noise kind of stuff. And, you know, K-pop is kind of a little bit more like it has to be flawless all the time. Like you have to hit the mark, you know, three centimeters all you you have to be real precise about it. So they're not even going to take that chance of it being like live and letting kind of that um, spontaneous energy or whatever comes out happens happens um and it's harder for the for the rock groups because they don't have that um promotion and support like k r and and k-pop does so yeah okay well moving on speaking of uh k-pop companies that are very unfair to their idols and have caused a lot of debt and pain and um, unfortunate experiences. Former Fiesta member Cheska recently held a couple of live streams on her Twitch channel and she answered questions sent to her by fans about her time in the K-pop industry. And in general, it wasn't good. She basically said that almost everyone in Fiesta, except for like Lindsay and I think Haby, uh, were pretty rude to her. Um, 
we're jealous, we're competitive. Um, she talks about how her experience as an idol caused depression, anxiety that still affects her today. Um, she says she was suicidal, um, talks about her company forcing her to get plastic surgery, um, some which she regrets about company contracts, how she was forced to sign a contract and was crying and they manipulated her talking about uh, her brother who passed away, um, talked about sexual abuse in the industry. Um, uh, trigger warning, she also mentions how she was raped when she first got to Korea. Um, and it's very, I mean, she does mention that there, you know, she believes that there are other Korean Americans or, you know, people that are in the K-pop industry and become idols and have different experiences, maybe more positive experiences than she had. But in general, she, you know, seemed to very much regret her experiences as an idol and it seemed to zap like any desire she had to work in the music industry and she you know came out kind of scarred from her experiences and generally she described an industry that turns its uh you know turns its idols turns these kids into robots <laughs> and you know puts them in these contracts where they owe tons of money i think she says she owed one million u.s dollars in her contract and she was able to get it down somehow to where she only had to pay them back fifteen thousand. and she uh they basically told her when she wanted when she left that either they she pay the money that she owed or she would be able to make music in Korea ever again. So she paid them the money back. And, you know, she also talked about plastic surgery, of course, and that like pretty much everyone has had it and they get it to look natural on purpose. So you don't think they've had any. So, you know, if it's somebody that you think hasn't had any, they've probably had it. And it was, you know, if anyone you know, hasn't read, there's a couple of, of recaps floating around. Um, if you don't have time to watch the Twitch lives, they're fairly long, but, and she, she just named names, but not explicitly. I mean, the most kind of damning things that she mentions are the fist star members that, you know, were kind of rude and um, kind of bullied her a bit. But, and she mentioned some people that she thinks, you know, she said that um, Lisa and Nayan from Twice had surgery. Um, again, you know, it's, this is Cheska's, you know, you know, you know, this is what she says. So uh, it's obviously all, you know, you can take it or leave it, believe her or not. One other thing that she mentioned that 
it was interesting was that she said that the whole system with like melon and you know i guess the music charts in korea was kind of demoralizing for her because the way that the music charts are is that the groups that basically had more fans would not only kind of you know would you know would mass stream and mass buy their albums to and um you know give them high ratings to get them to the top but they would go and basically what she says sabotage other groups by um giving them low ratings and you know kind of trying to get them lower on the chart so that their groups would be higher so that was kind of interesting but yeah um and she, you know, she had eating disorder and just all this horrible stuff. And, you know, and it obviously affects her to this day. So it was, it's an interesting read. I, anyone that's interested in K-pop industry, I would, you know, it's her viewpoint, but I would read it. Uh, did you guys read uh, any of the recaps or watch the videos? And if so, what did you take away from it? So I did read the recap on Twitter. It was like this crazy long um, Twitter thread. And it mentioned everything that you mentioned. I, to keep it light and in first, um, that I'm pretty sure, sure she said that she signed an NDA. So <laughs> some of the things that she spoke about in this uh, Twitch live, she probably should not have spoken about. So I would not be surprised if she didn't hear from someone's lawyer um, just based on that alone. Uh, but yeah, I mean, she basically spoke about the dark side, the quote unquote dark side of K-pop, which we all know exists. I mean, hopefully not like no one sees K-pop in like those rose colored glasses because it's not, you know, we've already seen enough even in the last couple of years to know that like it's it's not the the image of perfection that they emit is not a real thing it's just this image it's just like this fake illusion and so it was really sad to hear about the things that she went through um in her journey um and how like they promised her that she'd be like the next boa and then they stuck her in this group and she wanted to sing and they made her a rapper because she knew english and, you know, like the the drama with the members. I actually like that she mentioned that because a lot of people act like, you know, these bonds are the same, are like so um, genuine and everybody loves each other. Um, but, you know, like the social bond is a lie. And Tay and Jimin wrote about being each other's soulmates. They didn't mention anybody else. Just on the out there. Um, and so, <laughs> um, yeah, you can like everybody, but you don't like have to be best friends. I mean, I think Shiny, you know, was really open about the fact that when they first became a band, they were coworkers, <laughs> you know, and they worked and then they, you know, through working together, they sort of created stronger bonds as a group. But at the beginning, I mean, like they're you're five people who competed against each other. <laughs> Can I comment on that real quick? Sorry? Can I comment on that real quick? Yeah, Just real yeah. quick. I have to say too that like with Shiny, I think what makes it feel more authentic is like 
that I think once you know everything happened, I think that also brought them closer too. Of course. And it's just like I don't know. They just it, it makes it feel you know authentic. You know. Yeah, so. No, absolutely. Because as I said, like you're competing against each other, like with a whole bunch of other people to to get a spot in a group. So a lot of times you don't really have time. Like you can be nice to people, you can kiki with people, but like you, that's your competition. You know, like you, you really want to debut. This is what you're putting your, you know, blood, sweat, and tears into. You don't. So it would really suck if you know somebody that you know, like you're you're too busy being friends with people to really be competitive to really get that spot. So um, I I think it's more realistic that you you know through a lot of these groups you become closer and you become friends like shiny did and like shiny's been open about versus you know like oh we're best friends forever and you know like whatever because it's just not realistic i mean top couldn't stand sungri he was very open about it and now look how things have turned out you know like so i actually really did appreciate that part about it it is as i said really sad that she went through what she went through um and i hope that she writes a book like jessica is doing or something like that in the future and just really has a, an outlet to put her her heart and soul in. I I did think it was really sad that she said that she pretty much just didn't really want to do music anymore. Like it sort of killed her passion for it because you know she spoke about how it was like her whole life before she went to Korea. You know, with this dream of becoming an idol, uh, only for it to end up the way that it ended up. So, and I mean, Firestar was like not really a popping group i think yazzie is still like and kaula i think is uh like those are two of the more popular members but i mean in korea not so much and it didn't really do much for the profile of the group though your pitiful is a fantastic song now and forever even one more um but <laughs> yeah it's it's uh it's always interesting to see the stories from people who used to be in the industry who now you know for the most part can freely discuss it because you know when you're in the group you can't really be honest it's just like the nature of things we get it i understand it but it's good to see people who are not in these these companies and not with these groups anymore who are like well here's what really it was like you know for me personally and she she's very open and honest and she repeats a lot of times is just her experience so she's just giving you, you know, one one side of the coin or one one opinion and vastery of like different opinions on people who are in the K-pop industry. So, yeah, it's it is unfortunate. And I, I do hope that she can, you know, find solace and her passion and love for music again in the future. Because I mean, music, like for me, anyways, I love music. I have always have been really passionate about it. Not making it because I can't sing and I don't know how to play most instruments. But uh, I've always been really passionate about it as a viewer and just like, you know, experiencing other people's, you know, gifts, you know. And so I do hope that she finds that passion again and or like is just able to, you know, appreciate music again without the negative memories of being an idol and in, in the music industry in Korea. So if there's nothing else on that, I will go on to a very uh, highly trending topic at the moment, which is the coronavirus. It's been uh, hitting uh, many different uh, countries and many cases are popping up in the U.S. And it's causing a lot of different um 
events, a lot of different concerts and gatherings and different things are just being canceled. Flights are being grounded. You know, it's a lot of things are going on to try and contain this virus. Um, And that includes K-pop. Obviously, you know, with the virus having hit South Korea, there are legitimate concerns. And K-pop events are being canceled. Big Hit had a corporate briefing that they were, you know, was scheduled to occur uh, to be open to the media and the fans, but they held it privately this past week. And YG um, had Lisa was... um, scheduled to appear on a Chinese Idol audition program as a mentor and she didn't film the show. Filming of the show was basically put on hold until further notice. Luna canceled a fan showcase event on uh, Wednesday for the upcoming album. Even though Blackberry, Blockberry Creative said the press event won't go ahead as planned, but um, I, I believe it was, it was canceled. Um, and basically, yeah, I mean, major weekly shows like Music Bank and Kigayo have been filming without an audience and, uh, BTS fans have been concerned with their world tour starting in Seoul in April and you know they're set to visit you know 18 cities all the way up to early September and they've been expressing concern but as of yet there hasn't been any news on that case if there's going to be any cancellations or any changes in that tour so I think that's all going to Um, that's all going to depend on how the virus spreads and what, you know, the actual, the actual number of people, the number of cases that, you know, are reported and how bad things get will determine, um, you know, how some of these upcoming tours and things go. I know I heard 80s was going forward or had some shows that they were uh, scheduled to do and that they've so far have not canceled those. And just in general, I mean, people are trying to be safe, but this is something that's affecting, you know, it means cases are just popping up everywhere. So, um, it's better to be safe than sorry, but with these companies, obviously money is at the top of their mind. So it's hard to tell, you know, what they're going to do. Uh, I think in BTS's case, the fans are definitely concerned about, I mean, if one of them were to get sick, I mean, the, I mean, it would probably, uh, you know, if they, you know, went on tour and, you know, put them in harm's way, you know, by 
being in a area that was known to have infected people and, and things like that, I think the fans would be more outraged than anything. And I think in general, K-pop fans have shown that they would rather the shows be canceled than to hear that, you know, something, you know, like one of the idols contracted the, you know, the virus or something like that. They'd rather know they'd be safe, at least from what I've seen so far. I haven't seen any, you know, crazy messages or tweets from people saying that they, you know, complaining about these shows being canceled. But um, any thoughts? I mean, we've discussed the coronavirus before um, at length on this show, but I, I mean, you know, there's new developments, you know, every week, every other day, it seems like. Are there any thoughts on how this is affecting K-pop or South Korea in general? I don't know. I think that some of it, like you were saying, is like about the money because I would think that most of them will err on the side of caution and like not have a large gathering or still do the concert, but like you can stream it from your living room <laughs> or something like that. Um, because like with ATs, I thought they were going to cancel their concert, but they're still going through with it. Um, some things about the virus that I've seen is that people that were supposed to be in quarantine, like they would sneak out and like, like still like do things. Like that doesn't make any sense. Like that's not the point of the quarantine, you know, is to make sure that they fight off the, you know, the infection or virus um, as well as they can. Um, but you can do that if you're trying to be out and out and you're coughing it up on people. Some of it is just like basic hygiene that some people may not be aware of, but it's like every other year or every two years, it's always something. Because before this, what was it? It was like Ebola, then SARS, and then swine flu, avian flu. It's always something. And it kind of always, from my point of view, starts out the same that like, People were messing with medicine that they shouldn't have, or they were cooking something, and they weren't doing it in the most like hygienic or clean way. And then it gets transferred from that to humans, and then that's like when stuff really hits the fan, because then the virus or whatever mutates, and then you know it figures out how our body, our human bodies work and it's like, oh, I can attack all this and really mess up. So, I mean, I'm really haven't been concerned too much about the coronavirus because I mean, you know, like good hygiene and it probably does help too that, you know, if you're not going to live in a densely populated area, you're less likely to come in contact with somebody that is uh, sick in LA like that um and just some of the people's responses to it because uh, it's really bringing out some people's racism <laughs> um so check people for that um and yeah that's all i gotta say about that i mean watching two years it's gonna be something else <laughs> personally i 
feel like the coronavirus thing has gotten like it's just like it's a very real disease and illness but honestly the biggest uh victims to it are actually elderly people and maybe also like really little kids but i think it's mainly elderly people that are very vulnerable to it also to prevent coronavirus the steps that the health agencies have been telling everyone is actually just wash your hands for 20 seconds and avoid touching your face especially rubbing your eyes and your nose right like and your face in general so like but that's basic yeah but that's basic basic hygiene hygiene. like you were saying yeah but most people but i know it's hard to believe but there's people out there that don't know that because they haven't had the education for whatever reason like that so i don't i'm not saying like we should knock them down for that because they just don't know they don't know any better i mean so i mean there's that piece too but I'm just going to say in general that in healthcare, there's like this gatekeeping of information of things that is like only people that meet this, whatever standard there is, that they're the only ones that can have the stuff when it should be available to everyone. Like everybody deserves to be healthy and to know like how to have basic hygiene or how to have it with the resources around them. 100%. But it's not until like things like this happen. Out of luck. <laughs> yeah, like Purell is yeah. being sold for hand sanitizer is being sold for just ridiculous prices. Same with face masks, which actually don't really do anything in terms of preventing, but the prices have gone up as well for those things. And I yeah, it's well coronavirus really sad. is not like an airborne virus, is it? It's not like Something that is just because I I thought I remember reading something like if it's who's laughing? <laughs> no, it wasn't. No, I wasn't laughing. Oh. I was, go on, go on, go on. Uh, I thought I remember reading something like um, it can't be like transmitted. Like it's not like if you touch um, something at the grocery store and then put it back down, and then hours later somebody else touches the same thing. You you're not going to get it that way because viruses can only live on living things. So I guess what. Cut this out if this is science. Don't check out scientifically, Ash. <laughs> but the point is, is from my understanding, it's not like you can just get the like you don't breathe and suddenly you get it. It's not like you know what I mean, like the plague or something. Like right. It really kind of. Ha- I don't want to say you have to be trying to get it, but you have to like be not really mindful, and then also probably have a week, like you guys said, like a weak immune system, which is usually people who maybe are elderly or young kids. Um, or when I say elderly, I mean elderly and already sickly because you can be old um, and, you know, be perfectly fine because, because you have a strong and healthy immune system. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. I, yeah. So I get the caution behind it because it's easy for it to get spread, I guess, when, people are in like closeness to each other especially like at a concert or something and it's definitely hurting the industry and the potential money they be, could be making um i just hope that it just gets resolved soon i know they're working on like a cure or a vaccine 
even though the U.S. is being typical and trying to capitalize on that. Um, hopefully, it's accessible to the people that need it. Um, and oh, Lord, we can. <laughs> we'll be here all night if we can. <laughs> 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 I'm going to be quiet. That's a, whole, that's, a whole, that's a whole other discussion. We'll be here for three hours if we're talking about that. Oh, oh my word. <laughs> <laughs> but I... Yeah, basically, I got BTS tickets for May, and I want to see them, so uh, I hope it gets resolved soon. That's all I want to say. <laughs> the camera with the giant lens. <laughs> She's going to come in there with a the bubble, her own personal <laughs> plastic bubble. <laughs> going to be in the cute, my cute concert hazmat. Everybody going to bed constantly day. Please remember to shower. Yes. Shower, shower, shower. Yes. <laughs> Can't wait to wear that fit. Oh my goodness. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Any more thoughts on that? Okay. Moving on. SM. Uh, apparently responded to reports that were going around that Lee Suman is so impressed with Luna that he is thinking of making a large investment in their future. Um, So according to this report by the news outlet Daily Sports, they say that sources in the industry are saying that Lee Suman is going to take part in BlockBerry Creative's paid and capital increase and wants to make a 1 billion won personal investment separate from SM Entertainment. Uh, Just to be transparent, a representative of SM Entertainment told Daily Sports that the reports were groundless and were, you know, false. However, Daily Sport says that sources say that the two sides are in close talks and that Lee Suman wants to basically invest in them. Uh, Lee Suman did take part in the production of their February album and I don't know if it's pronounced hashtag because it is a hashtag Um, (laughs) so I don't know if that's any Luna if you guys are Luna fans and know like what I'm talking about it's their February album and it looks like the title of the album is just a hashtag so I'm going to call it a hashtag but He took part in that album and it was the first time that he produced for a non-SM artist. And he was apparently um, impressed and realized their potential after watching them cover NCT127's Cherry Bomb. So the positive response to the album may imply that there will be more collaborations with Lee Suman. 
Um, so, and that's interesting. I mean, we've talked about Lee Suman on this podcast about, you know, how he's shaped, helped shape the K-pop industry as it is. And, you know, his, his artists are, you know, like, despite, like, it doesn't matter who his artists are, like, they always, they always end up achieving some degree of success. And it does say something that he sees something in Luna that he is willing to invest that much money in them. Um, personally, I would say based on where Luna is now creatively and art, like musically, what basically based on what Blockberry Creative is doing with them now. I wouldn't be adverse to seeing what Lee Suman could do with Luna if he wanted to take a more like direct involvement in their <laughs> career. Uh, I would be interested in seeing it, you know, especially since I feel like they've kind of lost their way somewhat as a group. So we'll see what it means i mean i don't know if it just means he's just investing in them if he's gonna like personally be involved more in their actual like creative process any thoughts on 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 this story they're about to be in the basement (laughs) i think it's i I, I, I really like Luna and I think SM is like in terms of like what the product they put out they're the best at what they do um, and I think that it could be an interesting opportunity and I would like to see where it goes because I feel like it, Luna in many ways is kind of like the girl NCT to me <laughs> like or I, you know the and the huh oh or um, you know on another the other side of it, NCT is the boy Luna. And <laughs> oh, Natalie. Um, <laughs> um, and so I would love to see what SM could do for them because I think what Luna kind of lacks right now is like signature songs. Like they have good songs, but lately it feels like those good songs are few and far in between. So that's what I want to. Um, I want to see what they would could do with SM production. SM always brings in like, you know, the black producers and the industry veterans. And I would like to see what they could do for Luna. So, and then also too, it is interesting because Luna is really good at, um, I feel like they can keep up with like quote unquote boy group choreography. They can do it and execute it in a way that it doesn't feel forced. And, um, I don't know. I would like to see like an experimental like NCT Luna experiment. Like that would be interesting. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, anybody else have any thoughts? Um, I feel like Luna definitely did lose their way when they became a group. Because like the songs just didn't pop. Like they had all these solos units and they were just so fantastic. And then they got together and they did how high high and they did butterfly 
which I will for always regret, like just regret. Um, so it's gonna be interesting because, as you said, Lee Suman doesn't waste his time. He only wants the best. Look at Super M. So I feel like him working, just working with Luna, is interesting in itself. So him wanting to maybe put some money into them to guide them in a new direction, that's pretty exciting. I feel like it's uh, just like another a new era, new like a new um, sort of path that K-pop is going to take. And I'm excited to see it. I can't wait. I hope this is real. <laughs> I hope this is true. And I hope that uh, he does, you know, put them onto some producers that actually know what to do with the 12 of them because it is a big group. And there is a lot going on there and it will allow hopefully all of them to shine because, you know, Vivi only got like three words last comeback. So we, we need, we definitely do need to do better. I'm going to probably take an, um, uh, have an unpopular take, but I actually kind of don't really want them to join SM solely because like, I feel like they're doing pretty fine on their own like um what's that one song by left eye um guys you know what i'm talking about I, I future yes yeah. thank you that song. yes love girlfriend it. love it uh bop and like if they could come up with that i think they're fine i mean if he wants to continue working with them i don't see any harm in that but uh, like what Jay said, <laughs> I don't want them to end up in the basement or not to get the attention they deserve just because they joined a roster of also really great artists. So if he wants to keep working with them, I think that is cool. That's definitely great. But I don't know who they're signed with now or if they're with like a certain creative agency or something. But if it's not broken, then you don't need to fix it. Well, I don't think they're going to actually join SME. I think oh. he's going to invest money in Blockberry, which is their company. Mm, okay, so, then fully yeah. support. Yeah, no, he's actually technically not with SME anymore. I say this with huge quotes because we know he still runs shit, but he's not like the CEO or anything like that anymore. And he actually just like has a subsidiary company, which he just, which he pretty much just funnels money from SME into to pay himself. At this point, I mean, uh, allegedly, like, isn't allegedly, it illegal? Allegedly, that's what he's doing because he was. They did um, investigate him for that, and you know, just to, like allegedly, he's on the the like. He's isn't he like wanted in like Europe or some shit like that? Like, allegedly, Interpol. like Interpol has him on a list or had him on a list. So you know, this is all alleged. Um, but yeah, I think he's just uh, going to. I think because he sees in Luna what he failed to do with Super Junior and then XOM, and he's sort of doing better with NCT with. So, and he really likes that whole idea of like, you know, you have a super group and then you have all these different units and individual solars, singers, and things like that. So, this is actually probably really up his alley. And that's why he likes Luna. And I mean, their covers were very impressive. I just still think that they influenced So What more so than anything else um those dance covers that they did so i uh, yeah i'm excited i hope it happens i hope he does put money into them and they finally drop some like fire music like as a collective i retract my previous statement then because i fully 100 agree with that i don't think so because look didn't sm 
by Woolum, the group that Infinite's, the company that Infinite signed to, and look at them. What are they doing? Oh, gotcha. And, but wasn't that also with A Pink, right? A Pink's still making music. They're doing even better than before. Are they? I think that they're. <laughs> well, I mean, I think they're making better music. I mean, you know, okay. girl groups. Once you get older, you know, yeah, you really, you don't really pop regardless. But I mean, I would say from like uh, not love from Mr. Chu. They like mm-hmm. almost every title track since then I've liked. I don't. I mean, I can't really speak for other people, but like Mr. Chu, Love, Remember, Only One, Ung Ung, you know. Um, all of these songs, like I love all of their titles since then. So, <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. But the thing about SM is that what I'm trying to to hint at here is that before SM bought Bulam or had the partnership with them, was that Infinite was way more active than they are now, and it was like when SM bought them up. Partly because I think that Infinite was creeping up on Shiny's album sales. It wasn't like they were that, like, not, like, right at the same level that Shiny was. But there was this gradual, like, increase in each one of their comebacks. Um, And it was like, oh, like, this non big three group is kind of creeping up on, you know, one of the legends and SM was like, we got to stop this. And so they had, you know, they bought Woolum and then they had the, one of the shiny people and one of the infinite people in that group together to try and do that K-pop family bond thing. That was totally fake <laughs> like that. And then like after that, like infinite wasn't as active anymore they had like maybe one comeback a year and that was it. So I don't know if this is kind of what's happening again with Luna because they do, from what I've seen, have more international fans and uh, support than they do in Korea. And I mean, that's how BTS kind of, you know, got their momentum in like 80s. Like they have more international um, activity <clears throat> than they do in Korea. So, excuse me, I don't know if he sees, since Luna has that, that he's trying to jump on the band, bandwagon now and get in on, on that or try and block them. And then whatever girl group he has lined up next, <clears throat> they're going to take Luna's spot. I mean, I don't know. I'm just kind of weary about this because when companies sign to SM or SM takes them over, everybody on that label kind of gets pushed to the side. <laughs> so, I mean, we'll see what happens, but I don't have any, like, I'm not getting a good vibe from this. So, we'll see. Lehigh has been in talks with Sunny's agency since she has since she left YG Entertainment and now she's in talks with AOMG uh, led by Jay Park to sign an exclusive deal with them and it looks like this is something that may happen Uh, this is Jay Park's label but I will say that I am happy for Lehigh um 
she has a really like she has a good voice and I think AOMG would would be a decent fit for her. I mean, they definitely would do music, I think, that would be up her alley and would at least promote her more than she was getting over at YG. Uh, you know, I personally don't pay much attention to AOMG, so I don't really know how things work over there other than, you know, that's Jay Price label. But, I mean, I feel like anywhere she would be getting more comebacks than she was getting with <laughs> with YG. Uh, Sumi's label, I mean, based on how they treat Sumi, if they handled Lehigh the same way, they would also be a good option. They seem to really be uh, into, they seem to really understand like what Sumi wants, listen to her, you know, creatively. And you get the feeling that with Sunmi, her concepts and her MVs and her stages and everything are very much her. And she's very much a part of the process, I guess with with this you know with her company it's something that's in tandem not you know a, a situation where these where she's has an image or whatever forced upon her so i guess i think that you know either option is good for her she's deciding between those two uh, it'll be interesting to see which you know where she goes and what kind of music she comes up with because I think she's talented so she should have a chance to you know be able to you know create music and have a regular promote promotion cycle like a lot of other idols so any thoughts on Lehigh? Uh, I hope for the best for Lehigh. I feel like her going to AOMG is probably smart and also kind of safe because it's also a hip-hop company like YG. So uh, maybe that's what she's used to. She probably wouldn't want to go to somewhere where, like, they started making, like, that was known for, like, pop music or anything like that, because she probably would feel like they would probably fidget or change her style a little bit more. And because she also featured with a lot of hip-hop groups, quote-unquote, uh, you know, like, she probably, you know, could still do that at AOMG. So, yeah, I mean, outside of Jay Park, I don't really, I feel like I don't really know much about AOMG to be like, oh, um, like that's a crap company, you know, like it doesn't have really, uh, no, it actually looks like it's doing pretty well. It has Simon Dominic, who actually is one of the only K-hip-hop artists that are worth talking about. They have gray, loco hoodies there. So, I mean, there's, there's artists there that she could definitely work with and that she, cha-cha Malone, um, that she could work with and that she could, um, you know, do some collaborations with and, you know, sort of cement herself on the R&B side, which is, I think, where she likes to be. So, yeah, I mean, good luck for her. She definitely, like, being with IGE is is, like, both a good thing and a bad thing because you get that, built-in fan base like Blackpink did and you know winner and, and uh 
icon did through you know the hard work of big bang and 21 but also like there's just like no freedom to make the music you want to make when you want to make it it's like has to be through teddy it has to be when yg thinks you should put it out and i mean i feel like if they didn't have such a built-in dedicated loyal fan base most of those groups would have flopped by now for sure <laughs> like blackpink has 13 songs and yg won't yge won't confirm when the comeback's coming who they're working with what's going on like they won't confirm a thing so it's kind of crazy that you know and it's very understandable that big hit has surpassed them for that reason because they're just mismanaged so i yeah it's a good thing it's a good thing that she did leave and it's a good thing that she has companies that want to sign her and that are want to uh work with her and you know help her career help her build a long-lasting career um it's definitely like a good time to be a solo female artist because you know you have changa who's doing well you have sunmi who's doing well you have iu who's doing well you have tian who's doing well like there's so much room for um female artists now whereas before it was like you know there's just kind of like the top star and like other people sort of making music uh but there's like room for everybody and i i do hope to see more lehigh in the future um I don't know too much about Lehigh, but I think EMG would be a pretty good choice too, since it's a smaller company in regards to the other ones. Like what was previously mentioned, just there's probably more creative freedom that goes into being a co- within a company like that. I will say though, um, I think Loco and Gray are pretty cool in AMG, and they're also noteworthy. Um, so I think she's in good company. <laughs> yeah, I meant no shade to them because I actually don't know who these people are. Like oh. I've heard of them, but I don't really know them. I do feel oh. like they're known, like for you know they're kind of popular and things like that. I do understand that. But I mean, I honestly do just in general have a hard time taking K-pop very seriously. Uh, so that's my own biases. Yeah, um, on it. And even though like, I mean, I like, like, I have liked and do like some trash <laughs> who do K-pop, uh, K-hop, like Cough Cox, Cough Cough Zico. So I mean, I get it. I totally get it. Um, and... <laughs> So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I only mentioned Simon Dominic because I personally like him and I think that he's great in like, you know, whatever. So that's that was really what I meant to do. I actually didn't mean any shade towards the rest of them. Oh, OK. Gotcha. My gotcha. Shade, my shade is is solely meant for Jay Park because <laughs> to this moment, nobody can give me a Jay Park song. That's good. So, you know what? Yeah. All the, sh- all the shade is always for Jay Park. He's he's a friend of the podcast. Very well. Very popular. here. So. <laughs> <laughs> can we get him on i mean I doing anything. you know jay park listens to this podcast because you know he's googling his name and like trying to see what people are saying about him he seems like the type so i feel Bro, like he can come on here he can hear everything said about him jay park we would love to have you on the podcast exactly we would love it so much because you know what you take a lot of um our kind criticism 
<laughs> you do get it. He he gets it a lot. You know, Does he? Because he hasn't done anything different. Yes, that's true. That's true. <laughs> but he did. He did say that Big Bang, Big Bang, was pretty much like the best K-pop group of all time. So it was one, the one time that I actually agreed with Jay Park. It felt weird. Like it felt really weird for me. But you know, I I felt like you know Jay Park's not so bad after I heard that. So maybe maybe there is hope. Maybe he just needs. Um, like, you know, that one time I said, RM needs a black girlfriend. Maybe Jay Park actually just needs a black girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> um, you didn't hear from me. You didn't hear from me. In five minutes. <laughs> Let me not actually spill tea like this. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. What, what do you know? Um, I have heard of Jay Park and the black girls and the blacks. In, in Korea, I have heard about it from black women in Korea because they park at different at the same events, and yeah. So maybe like I did hear that he like you know was cool with all the black girls and stuff like that. I mean, I didn't hear about them dating though. I just heard that you know like. Like, if you were at a club or whatever and you saw Jay Park, you know, like, he was always, like, very, 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 very friendly. Mm. Um, And, like, always, you know, like, showing love and, and, like, whatever. So I I just assumed that he, you know, wanted a a piece of something and just kind of didn't get it. I mean, maybe so, because I've also heard, like, positive things about him. So I'm sure he's a lovely guy in real life. But yeah, I don't know about if he's really like down, down like that, or you know, just like down in the sense of being friendly, if you know what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. That's not I, surprising. He um thought he could talk about black issues with white men. So I mean, yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> a mess. Okay. Next topic. <laughs> yeah. So All right. well. Speaking of Blackpink, uh, we mentioned them earlier. There is a report that came out this week that Blackpink would be featuring in Lady Gaga's new album. I think Chromatico it's called. And following the report, YG released a statement saying... Blackpink is working on a lot of projects. It is difficult to confirm this information at this point. So please wait for the official announcement. What? Yeah. It's so, or no. Like, I just don't understand the whole cryptic, like, we don't, we cannot confirm what our artist is doing. Like, that is either your job. they're doing it or not. Like, that is your job. <laughs> like, you have one job, pretty much. And it's, you know, to let us know what they're doing and when we can expect it. And they have dropped the ball. Like, crazy. They're not even working on that. No. No. <laughs> they're not. <laughs> you can't confirm or deny. That tells me everything I need to know. They're not working <laughs> on it right now. Yeah. I think some shit's going down there at at YGE. Um, Obviously, they're losing money. I mean, (laughs) let's be real. Like, Blackpink, they've already pimped them out as much as they can with those 13 songs. So, you know, they they really need to, like, do something. And I don't think Winner and Icon are doing as hot. You know, it's like a whole mess since the Burning Sun thing happened. And, yeah, I don't know. 
I just feel like they did say though that they're going to be debuting a new girl group this year, which is also I feel a lie. But uh, that's something that they did acknowledge that they were going to do. Um, and now that Bi has you know passed this drug test three months later, does that mean he gets to join Icon again, or like how does that happen? Like, what is it's that not going back. I feel like that's unlikely. Yeah, like there's no precedence for it, but I would really like it to happen. So you know, and I feel like the boys would like that to happen too. So you know, maybe it's, but, just, it's definitely wishful thinking on my part. But but the, I don't understand because, like, even at the beginning of all that, like he said that he didn't buy him. No, he well, wanted to, but he didn't. Yeah, but that's it. That's yeah. I mean, so like this whole big like reveal came out. I was like, he said that at the very beginning. Like he admitted to what the wrongdoing was that he did, but then they were acting like he was out here snorting it up, <laughs> stuff like that. And it was like he didn't. He just like attempted to buy it, and then he backed out of it. That was it. But then they had that whole witch hunt with him, and kicked him out the group when they should have been doing that to Sungri because he was the one actually doing all this crazy messed up stuff. But they were like, oh, no, he didn't mean it. He's not doing any of that stuff. Like, stop being a clown. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> so he's not going back. Because even after when he got kicked out, they, like, re-recorded all their songs without his parts. YG was, even up until that point, taking his credits off of the songs that he made and wrote. Like, you think he wants to go back to that? <laughs> it's a mess wow I will say oh god this is gonna be shady as hell but with black if Blackpink was on Lady Gaga's album then they'd have 13 and a half songs now that's true so hey Actually, I think the 13 songs don't include that Dua Lupa song so that would be mm. 14 because it'd be two halves so oh we're, 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 we're going up in the world. Links are winning. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> they, must, they shouldn't even do that. They should just keep it at 13. They're going to just have songs. Oh my gosh, I can't. How do they even have dome tours? Like, I was reading, like, I remember at the end of the year, they didn't do any of, like, the end of year shows because they're doing dome tours and they're doing, like, these encore shows. I'm like, how do you do an encore show? You only have 13 songs. Like, what, most of them 20 songs. Like, K-pop concerts are usually pretty long, and they do a lot of songs. I was like, how are you doing only 13 songs? It's a flex. They linked up with Card, because, you know, Card <laughs> only had six songs, and they had a world tour, like, three times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like, what they knew about. How we're gonna give you Boombaya in like Korean, and then we're gonna give you the Japanese version, and then we're gonna give you the English version. That's three songs, yo. Encore version of like one of the songs, like on their tour. Uh, so they just uh, they just repeat it pretty much, but they don't do the choreo. So like, I guess it's different. <laughs> Tell me why this sounds exactly like how my friend recollected the Black Pink concert to me. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, 
Ooh. Were you there? <laughs> I honestly, like, when I heard that Pink was going on tour, I was like, ooh, maybe we're going to get a full album and that's what they're supporting. As soon as I realized it was a mini and on top of that, it was that shitty Kick It mini or whatever, the Kill This Love one that they dropped. I was like, no, especially when I saw those, t- those prices. I was like, you guys have got to be mad. Like you have, you must've lost your mind. Cause like you can't charge this much for 13 songs. Um, and then on top of that, I like, because I'd seen fan cams from like their Jap- their like Japanese and whatever tours, I kind of knew what to expect. And I was like, so you're giving me 13 songs. Some of them repeats some, some solo stages, including that like Lisa dance one to Swala, which is, not as hype as she thinks she she thinks it is and it's just like um no thanks but my friend did go and she said she won't go again if unless they release a full album because yeah wow and she's an actual but i don't know she's not a blank she's a like jenny like fan but (laughs) i mean she's there for it you know right yeah I i don't know um i mean Jokes aside, I do wish them the best because it seems like they're going through a lot as well. Oh, yeah. They want to make music. Like, yeah. girls want to sing, especially Rose. She ain't got, like, what about those solos we were promised? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it looks like Jenny only got hers. So. Crickets. Right. Uh, Jimin, anything to add? Girl, I haven't added nothing for the past eight stories. Y'all haven't been asking me to add nothing. I thought I forgot I existed. No. Ask if anybody wanted to add anything else. You know what's funny? I was about to message you. Like, I was like, you sleep? (laughs) Nope. I just been listening to y'all talk and not adding me to conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Jimin, do you have anything to add to this conversation? I don't even know what we talk about. Is, you took um, my spy in in only now. <laughs> that is um, an indicator to move on to the next topic. And Jermaine can, can go first next time. <laughs> well, we talked a little bit about BI um, and him testing negative for drug use. Some of you do not think that he is going to come back to Icon, even though Iconics are very adamant about that fact. Um, you know, because they feel vindicated, you know, by him, you know, testing negative and everything and that coming out. But there's also and I think I fall in that camp too. people that think that he should just kind of say screw you to YG and just, you know, go off and do his own thing, which I would blame him at all after everything that happened. So, any other, like, what do you guys think about that? I mean, do you, do you think he's going to continue with music or rejoin Icon? Uh, I want him to rejoin Icon. I don't think he will, I guess, uh, from based on what we have already sort of said about that. But I do want him to join. And I think it's actually a benefit to YGE to have him around because you need people other than Teddy writing songs and B.I. wrote like Winner's debut single Empty. He co-wrote that. He co-wrote a lot of songs for Winner and uh, for Icon. He was actually pretty much like their main writing force. 
and as I said, like you need other people than Teddy writing music at YG. Is you just you like you need it, and it's good to foster sort of like that in in house talent. So I honestly think it's better like for YG to be like, well, netizens, here are his results. And I think it would be like a cool president to like have him come back to the group and be like, like, you know, you know, this went down. We did all the things he needed to do. And now he's back in the group. Um, I Or I kind of wish that they stood by him like SME stood by Chen. You know, I mean, obviously very different situations. But SME said, um, see, what's going to happen is you're going to still give us money and attention because Chen's not leaving. And they put a period at the end of it and they kept moving. Um, I was kind of wish that YGE did that too. Uh, but I guess they were already in so much hot water. They just, I feel like they just didn't want any more smoke. And that's why they were like, uh, yeah, I need to go. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I kind of want him to go back to Icon. I think it's in Icon's benefit. Uh, clearly the guys want him there. They have been very vocal about it. So it, and he didn't actually do any drugs. He just kind of was in a dark place and he wanted them. And he, but he like backed out at the last minute. I don't think he should be punished for that. I mean, I also don't think he should be punished for wanting to do weed or anything like that. But, you know, I mean, different countries have different laws and you have to respect that. I do. It's just, yeah, I don't know. Like Korea kind of allows from like an outside perspective, they allow a lot of things that don't make sense. Um, but then, you know, they punish people for like, some weird shit. I don't know. Like, it's just very strange how um, netizens react to things in Korea um, from, you know, my Western perspective. Um, I don't think he's going to go back because just the way that it all happened and stuff like that, because they didn't, they just threw him out to the wolves. And then, like, he was gone for, like, two months like on social media anyways and then he came back once and then he was gone again um i still think that he kind of wants to do music no because his fans got him like a whole new like all the equipment for like a new home recording like they bought everything for him like the soundboard and the chairs and monitors and all that and then he had some demos up on his soundcloud that he had uploaded like that um and i did see on twitter it was like oh that articles aren't calling him a k-pop idol anymore they're calling him a k-hip-hop artist now so it's like he's already other people already are like transitioning him out to something else and this is like within a day of the drug test results so I don't think he's going to go back. And I think YG artists usually have a five-year contract. And I think this is Icon's fifth year. So the other boys may not even resign with YG because they also have their grievances um, of how YG has treated them. So, I mean, they're kind of just going along with the flow for right now. So, I mean... It might be in their benefit to just leave, but make sure that they have the trademark and all that kind of stuff in their favor so they don't have to, like, start all over again. But we'll see how that all plays out. So, yeah. I 
think that it's probably unlikely. Like, I don't know the all the details with B.I.'s situation and, like, for example, Monsta X's former member, Wano. But, like, once you're kind of scrutinized by the public, I feel like, especially in Korea, it's kind of like a stain on your shirt you can't really get out. Um, so I feel like it'd be kind of hard for him to come back. Unless it was dealt with the way like what you guys said earlier about SM and Chen, unless it was dealt with from the get-go, like I feel like it's kind of like a stain that like you can rub it out a little bit. It might faint a little bit, but it's still there. Um, so as much as fans want him to come back, and I think it would be great for the group as a whole for him to come back, I also think it's probably unlikely. Okay. If there's no other thoughts on that, I will move on to BTS. Uh, Of course, they released their Map of the Soul 7, and it debuted at number one on the Hot 200, Billboard 200 chart. And most notably three of the tracks from the album grab spots on the hot 100 on debuted at number four my time jungkook's solo song was uh debuted at number 84 and jimin's solo track filter debuted at number 87 so this is a lot of first um for a Korean group, uh, obviously, them grabbing these high positions on the Billboard 100 chart, despite the fact that they're getting little to no like radio play um, generally. So, but obviously, like with Billboard, they count streams and YouTube plays and that sort of thing so I'm sure that that plays a huge part in their you know debut positions but I mean congratulations to them uh you know we've talked about billboard and kind of their relevancy in general and there's I mean in today's culture, there is kind of a discrepancy between what is popular with the general public and what's popular online. Um, I think with K-pop, there's this kind of there's this kind of like notoriety or like general like acknowledgement of it being a thing among people like the average person may see korean stuff trending on twitter or memes or whatever and kind of realize okay this is like a thing but it's still not really permeated you know the culture so to speak and 
it's kind of an interesting thing like with you know bts you know on is not something that's regularly played on the radio like a song most songs that get on the top 100 are played tons and tons of times but they debut high anyway and there's it's like this separation between i don't know like um the internet fan culture and like what you know the more traditional you know radio play general culture of people that listen to music on the radio or buy it and you know may have a general idea of who bts is but they don't hear them on the radio so it's not it's not something that's that's that they know about so it's interesting um I know that some there were some talks about Billboard like some fans were saying that the calculations were wrong and and you know want them to re redo the streams or something I don't know redo recount something you know I guess because they felt it should have been higher but I mean number four is pretty damn good so any thoughts on that? Billboard ain't got time to do them recounting. They're not going to do that. <laughs> I ain't got no time for doing that. That's a nice little thought they had, but they got number one anyways. Isn't that what they wanted? Well, yeah, on the, on the Billboard 200. Yeah. So, oh my gosh, they're just always not satisfied. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> okay. Deb? Um, man, I don't really know what to say at this point. I feel like BTS is just breaking their own records all the time. And it it's just like, I'm happy for you, but I can't keep up anymore. <laughs> it's just like too like another one another one which is i'm i might sound really dry when i'm saying this but i'm like being 100 for real like i'm really happy for them and all the success they're seeing but like they keep breaking their own records and like what jay said like i mean you guys at the top i'm not really sure i mean i know it's not bts necessarily saying this is probably more from the fans it's like y'all at the top. I don't I I don't know why where any additional complaints are coming in. Uh so that's I think all I have to really say about that too. Okay. Any other thoughts, Nat? Uh so yeah, congratulations to Big Kit and to BTS for you know, the records that they continue to keep breaking. And I think, like, they were number one in, like, Australia and, like, in Germany. And, like, they peaked in, like, a lot of different places that no one else had done before, not even them. So, you know, congratulations, because they do work hard for to make music that they love and that they think their fans are going to love. So 
yeah, it's a good thing. I also kind of, I don't know, like somebody mentioned, I can't remember, I think it was Jay who mentioned that like, or somebody, well, one of you guys mentioned that it got a bit like, okay, you're breaking all these records. It's great, but like, <laughs> that's it. You know, like, I don't know. It's like, I guess because I honestly don't really care about the billboard charts and I don't really care about who's speaking where in this digital era where you can stream a song on YouTube by listening to it on loop for three hours. You know, I just don't, I don't, I'm not really that impressed by it as much anymore. Cause I mean, like Justin Bieber was like the youngest person to get like what seven number one albums or whatever. And Ariana broke some records and Taylor Swift is breaking records. And, you know, Rihanna has been on the charts for however long with Auntie and like everybody's Nikki has like the most um, charted songs in history or something like that. So like everybody's doing something, you know, like I, I don't really care that much about charts in that way because I grew up in an era where you had to go to a store or, you, you know, and you had to buy a CD <laughs> so you could take it home and put it in a CD player or a cassette player, which is probably dating me, but you know, whatever. And so, you know, feats like selling, you know, 50 million copies of an album was friggin' amazing. Like there was work involved, you know, like it, it wasn't just like, I'm going to have this streaming party with all the other fans and like stream, stream, stream. Like it's, it's not organic. So that's for me, like one of the reasons I'm not really in like that invested in charts these days because it isn't, and, and I haven't been for a while, but like it, it isn't organic. And also charts don't influence what I like. Like Beyonce is not really like a charting artist in the same way. Like um, some of her contemporaries are, but you know, I've, what I get from her music means so much more to me than, you know, what is on a chart. And I think that because that's my relationship with music, it sort of influences my opinion on what like a chart means to me. It's nice. I'm not saying it's not. It's nice. You know, breaking views for YouTube and things like that. That's nice. It's a little feather in your cap. I get it. But for me, like, at the end of the day, it's like, what does this music do for me? Does it make me feel good? Does it get me in my feels? You know, like these are things that are really important to me. And so, yeah, I don't know. Like Monster X, like they had like a peak for themselves, for them, like for their own careers and things like that on the Billboard charts. And I was like, well, you know, it's good for them. I was going to listen to their album regardless. You know, I've been listening to their album like every day, regardless. So it, it isn't sort of like um, a problem. I don't know. Like, it's just one of those sort of um, weird sort of places to find myself because K-pop is so built on this idea of, um, like, what is your artist doing? Like, what records are they breaking? You know, how many awards are they winning on music shows? How many views do they have on YouTube? Like, everybody's so much I feel like honestly most people are more invested in you know the name and the reputation and the ranking and the brand of these artists than they are an actual music that they're dropping and you know I that's just sort of like my observation and so like when I see all of these like stats and like whatever I'm just like it's nice it's nice but it's not 
it's not important to me. It's just, just, mm. it's just not. And uh, I will say that, you know, my time should have been number one because it is the best song of that album. <laughs> that is my own personal opinion on it. Because <laughs> I haven't listened to that song. Actually, I should have mentioned it earlier, but I have been listening to that song quite a bit as well, too. Um, but yeah, like, good for the girls. Um, I'm sure that their next album, if they don't go to the army first, will also break all these records and maybe do even better. Um, and it's... <sighs> go outside, people. <laughs> Everybody should go take a walk, you know, a couple times a week, breathe some fresh air, be around people, not, you know, tie themselves up so much in what their faves are doing and, you know, where they are on these charts. Because, like, the whole, like, um, telling Billboard and telling YouTube what to do thing, it it just seems stupid. Like, it it just doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me, Um, number one, because, like, you're not tied like linked into the algorithms for these things for like YouTube views and for, um, you know, how many sales people have, like these are numbers that are given to you. It's not like you're plugged into the system to be able to confirm or deny them. So for you to be like, Oh, you know, we know better and this is what you need to do, or we're going to call the FBI and all this just nonsense. I'm just, it's just that nonsense. Um, you can't tell Billboard what to do. You can't tell YouTube what to do. What, are you going to stop watching YouTube videos? Are you going to stop buying albums? <laughs> like, like what, what can you do to force these companies to do what you want? Like, that, it doesn't make sense to me. So, just enjoy what you enjoy. They're getting paid anyways. They're, you know touring worldwide anyways they're on these late shows anyways they're they're doing things and hopefully corona doesn't you know affect their ability to continue to do these things in the future but yeah that's all i have to say about that jimin any thoughts jimin uh wait did you just say hopefully coronavirus what did you say about coronavirus i said hopefully the coronavirus doesn't prevent them from doing more things or these oh i thought you said hopefully it causes a zombie apocalypse so that we could be free of all these bad takes um no that's not what i said that would be the least in my problem (laughs) (laughs) you're trying not to get eaten at that point you know like (laughs) i I don't think the zombies would be trying to eat us though I'm coming to your house because you seem to have. Seems ready. All, all, right? Yeah, really she scary. has. She has. Here's the research. Yep, I'm coming to you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't have any takes. I don't care about this. I don't like. I mean, I, I, I feel like I've said so much about it, like in other avenues, and it's kind of like getting to the point where how many different ways can you kind of say the same thing? So, I just don't have any more takes. Okay, next up, there is a new play. Now, I do have talks about this. Sorry, I just don't know. (laughs) There's a new musical that is in the works in South Korea. It is a musical version of Tupac's life called All Eyes on Me. Performed by an all-Korean cast, which apparently has one Afro-Korean performer. And 
The person that is portraying Biggie is a New York-born rapper called Yun B. Um, he's signed under Highlight Records in South Korea. And after seeing some people criticize the existence of this play or musical on social media decided that he was going to go on Twitter and tell people how he felt about the musical and why people were criticizing it. So he actually made an Instagram live where he said, why are a lot of black folks mad about an Asian person portraying a black character in a musical if the musical is not racist or if the musical's intentions is to portray the struggles of the black people's, the black race in a positive light and bring awareness to the culture of hip hop and talked. And then he talked about how to Biggie and Tupac's rivalry and their struggles and the struggles of black people is portrayed hip hop culture basically transcend race to be relatable to everyone. And he wrote in a comment to another Instagram user, what Tupac stood for transit transcends race. Whether Asian, Latino, or whichever race, really, the story of Tupac and Biggie, the East, West, Coast, etc., touches and moves everyone alike. This musical is all in Korean, and there is no demeaning representation of African Americans. Don't worry. Uh, all right. Please, please, please go, Jimin. Yes. So I just want to um, address this just in case he may be listening, which I suppose, I don't know. I mean, he might be, who knows people like that. So, um, but I want to address this to say for anybody out there who's wondering what the issue is, because I, I feel like I guess there could be people who are genuinely wondering. I doubt that there are. I'm pretty sure the people who are at making this comment of like, why is it a problem are just being trolls. But in case you're genuinely wondering the problem, at least, from my perspective, is the idea of there, there's there's two, it's kind of multifaceted, but it all kind of comes down to you looking at two very real black people who were in very black situations with black other black people, and you're reducing it down as if they didn't exist, like as real people, as if they're characters, as if this is like some story from a fictional like storybook instead of their real lives. So number one is disrespectful in that regard because you didn't even get this clear as far as I know with anybody from their estates or their families. You didn't get this clear with any of them. So number one, that's an issue. But number two, there's also this issue of representation. Like, no, and you cannot play a black man. <laughs> like, I don't care how inoffensive you claim the portrayal will be. The fact of the matter is there are actual real black men living in South Korea who are actors, who could be doing this, who speak Korean, who could be the people you're employing for this, but instead you're employing a Korean person. It would be very much akin to 
um, let's say here in, I don't know, Atlanta, I'm trying to think of um, the bl a black sort of um, film and media capital. That's like, you know, in Atlanta, we decide we want to put on some sort of um, production um, about, I don't know, uh, it was like a great Korean figure. King 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 Sejong. That's like we, you know, we decide we want to put on a play about his life or whatever, and we decide to cast the blackest people we could find, and in disregarding the fact that there are actual real Korean people that could play that role, and we're taking jobs from them. That's really one of the biggest issues here. Whenever we talk about stuff like this, you know, not only this is a bigger problem because it's erasing a very real history, but let's like talk about, you know, even in a, if it's a fictional context, even if you have situations where, you know, characters are constantly whitewashed, for example, the reason why people have problems with that is because you're taking away opportunities from people who don't usually get these types of chances to play these roles. So if you wanna, if you're asking what the problem is, well, there you go. That's one of the biggest problems with this. Um, you, you can't tell, and then also you just cannot tell someone else's life story without having a real insight into it. Um, I can't just read a biography about Abraham Lincoln and decide that, you know, I'm going to be the best person to play Abraham Lincoln. That's ridiculous to me. Like, I don't think, I don't think you can tell that story even with a semblance of truth. So um, I, I, that, those are the real problems that we're having with this. And I think people are disregarding that and they're trying to, um, specifically when I say people, I mean this particular individual is from what I've seen at least, or in general, when people have problems with like, why do black people care so much about, you know, why can't we do this? And why can't we wear our hair like this? And why, you know, these are the reasons, you know, it's not because we hate you or we think you're a bad actor or whatever. Um, but if you keep talking like you you are, people are going to hate you because you sound ignorant. Um, I just, I don't know. I feel like people lack empathy and they lack the ability to be able to put themselves in other people's shoes and really understand why people are upset. And then they want to retaliate and they want to react before they truly get that understanding. So that's my preliminary thoughts. I'm sure I'll have more as the conversation progresses. But, you know, what are you guys' takes on this? I, for the most part, agree with what you said. I think the only thing I want to add is why. Why, though? What is the reason? That is all. Yeah, I agree. And I agree with the question. It's... <sighs> okay. So, hip-hop started as an expression of Black and Latino communities in the Bronx. And it was a way for Black people to tell their stories. Uh, you know, historically, you know, people of African descent are very verbal. <laughs> and, and so, like, and we love dope beats. So, you know, it just made sense. So the whole idea now of like hip hop is a universal music where everybody can do it. It's just like, yeah, you know, everybody does do it. Sadly, um, doesn't mean that they should, in my opinion. And it doesn't mean that it's good also in my opinion. And I feel like 
we create things for them to steal and to commodify and to, um, you know, warp into something that's malleable for them. And this is just like another example. This is like K-pop, you know, like they took the Motown everything and, and, you know, and then they put it with some singers and, and one or two rapper and like, you know, they sort of just went with it and it, I know it just, it just feels like Jimin said, you know, it's this, this lack of empathy, this lack of understanding, like real understanding of real struggle and just not wanting to put yourself in other people's shoes because you had a rough life or, you know, hip hop means a lot to you. And like intentions are great, but you can have all the intentions in the world and still fuck up and still like, you know, ruin people's lives and and livelihood and be offensive, you know, like you can still do the worst while having best intentions. Like your intentions mean shit, to be honest, especially if you have actual black people telling you not to do the thing that you want to do. Um, And like, as I, you know, Tupac and like Biggie Smalls and, you know, the East Coast, West Coast thing, like a lot of what happened there, you know, was certainly brought upon by discrimination and, you know, this push into career paths that were feasible, i.e. the drug use, because Black people were being shut out in a lot of other places. And, you know, from forcing Black people into hoods and like, you know, all those, these, these social societal issues that Korean people seem to conveniently forget uh, a lot of the time. And they sort of like, want to take all of the cool hip-hop swaggy parts about it but they want to ignore everything else in a lot of ways so like it it just doesn't make sense like it doesn't make sense historically it doesn't make sense because your intentions don't mean crap it doesn't make sense because you know actual black people are saying don't do the thing and you are trying to argue from your position outside of the club saying, yeah, I want to do this thing. I'm going to do it because, you know, it's going to help you. First of all, like the only way that you could really be helpful is to check your friends and check your family and check your other, you know, fellow compatriots like in Korea who harbor anti-blackness. That's honestly the best thing that a lot of these non-black people can do um, when it comes to blackness. Um, Instead of stealing your shit, they need to talk to their friends. They need to talk to their family. They need to check their people on the anti-blackness that is flagrant in these communities uh because you liking hip-hop doesn't make you not racist you you know listening to beyonce doesn't make you not racist you know so it's it's like there's there's all these reasons for them not to do it and i know they're gonna push on it and i know they're gonna just do it because you know it, it seems like they're very stubborn about it and i mean they're all the way over there we have no control over it really like i've already sort of accepted that in 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 what it is uh, and I don't think there's going to be a lesson learned here. I think it's like this stubborn ignorance from people who grew up, quote unquote, around hip hop. And, you know, it, it, it's like a part of their lives. Um, they they don't get it. They don't want to get it. I mean, at the end of the day, like a lot of these like so-called allies or, um, you know, fellow POCs come across as white people in a lot of ways so uh for me personally like I don't like it I don't want it why don't do this um I don't know it's just like it's one of the like I've 
pretty much just like, you know, at first I was like a surprise. I had this like really weird, incredulous like feeling. And then I just sort of started seeing it as a joke. And I continue to sort of see it as a joke. It just makes me laugh every time now whenever I hear about it because it's just so ridiculous and stupid. Um, and I hope bad things happen to everybody involved with this because I think that that's karma. <laughs> the universe will sort it out is kind of where I'm going with this uh, because they, yeah, they should not be doing that. I, I don't know who started, who came up with this idea, but they definitely should not have followed through on it. And I don't know. Someone will probably go to a show and record it and put it on the internet. And um, we're going to see some blackface probably. I mean, they said it's not going to be in there, but this is Korea. Um, there's going to be a lot of negas probably. And uh, it's not going to do jack shit for us because they don't really care about us at the end of the day. They just want to steal our shit. So, yeah. That's what I have to say about that. All right. Jay, any thoughts you want to add? Um, I don't know why they're trying to act like they their their history doesn't have any struggle because it has a lot. <laughs> it's a whole lot. Um, for me, this wouldn't be as big of a deal if it was like inspired by Tupac and Biggie or they like took the situation of like one side versus the other and then kind of made their own story out of that. I'm pretty sure there's a parallel somewhere in their history that they could maybe do. If they're static now. Yeah, but stop. <laughs> it was really bad. Yeah, yeah, it was like quite bad. Like, but now it's not there. It's weird. <laughs> what? I did. Okay. Um. Man, what was I just saying? <laughs> oh my gosh. Um. Uh, I think Korea has like a big history, so I'm pretty sure they're a lot of struggle in there that they could draw from to make make their own play kind of like related to this and if they still wanted to go this route that they could have used as an inspiration instead of getting up there in like role playing the whole biggie situation um that's the only thing i gotta say about that but this is probably gonna flop in ways that people yeah well putting on um i guess compounding on jay's point about them having their own material like it's crazy how you know for all this talk about comfort women i've ne i never really see you know dramas that sort of touch on that history or um plays that really touch on that issue as well so I mean, you know, once again, like, as you said, if they want to talk about struggle, they have the history to talk about struggles. Uh, they have, you know, women who are still alive who, you know, live through despicable and um, just horrific sort of lives 
during the war and they could do something to honor them and they could do something to, you know, bring their names to the forefront for the public. But instead they're doing plays about, you know, rappers from Cali and New York in the early nineties, you know, like what, (laughs) how could, you know, the East coast, West coast, you know, situation, how could that affect you as much? And honestly, I was very young when that happened. Okay. And I feel like these people are around my age or maybe even slightly younger. So I'm not sure how they lived through it to allow it to sort of influence them. Like it's just, it doesn't make sense. And can you hear me better now? Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, You know what they could do? They could do a Seoul versus Busan. They could do that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or like Juje Island versus the mainland. They could do something like that. Because that's kind of yeah. like East Coast, West Coast kind of things. Because sometimes they'd be trash talking the um, Busan people. And their accents. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Why not? Or they'd be like, oh, they're dirty because they got some Japanese mingled all up. I mean, it's this really foolishness. As they'd be saying that kind of stuff. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm done. I don't have time for that. <laughs> yeah, or they could even do like, you know, South Korea versus North Korea. I mean, it's right there. Girl, they ain't touching that with you. What's wrong with you? What? They have crash landing too. I had to, I had to click over five tabs just to hurry, hurry up and get over to this and say it. <laughs> hey, have you guys watched that? Because that's on my watch list. Yeah. Oh, well, my coworker loved it. So I assume that it's. It's it's good. And apparently it depicts, you know, like the South Korea versus North Korea in some ways, you know, in this budding romance. So it's there. Good to know. Yeah, it's good. It's there. So, I, I, you know, as Jay said, like they have so many things like, that they could be, you know, doing these plays on. Why? Why do they have to pick Black Struggle? Like it's a universal fact. It's not a universal fact. It's actually quite specific you know like it's quite specific they, to certain people like what do you right? mean? they're trying to act like <laughs> they ain't never had, they act like they never had no struggle like the chinese didn't come up in there and mess up their country and then the japanese didn't do it that we didn't do it i mean is it is it like uh jimin has said because or Nat has said that because we don't they don't have no hip-hop beats behind it that's not cool <laughs> i mean <laughs> They didn't have the the natural soundtrack. (laughs) I don't get it. I have a question. Yeah. Okay, what if they did like a Hamilton approach where they did their own story, but they added hip hop to it? That'd be fine. That would be okay. Because it's their story. It's their story. And I don't actually like, for me, I honestly, I don't really care for it. But I mean, I don't really listen to hip hop as much anymore either. But like, I just don't. In general, like if you want to do hip hop, then do it. I don't. It's not like it's a problem for me. It's just like when you do hip hop with the tropes, you know, like mm. you know, like you you oh put on that black, that black. Like there's so many rappers, like um, UK rappers that like you know are not black who don't you know have fake gold teeth and like you know twist up their hair. Like they're not doing hip hop concepts. They're just doing hip hop. You know, like it's not hard. People have done it before and people will do it again. 
um, you know, it's like anybody can do rock music, I guess, in that same sense and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Like you just, it's, it is a genre of music. And if you love it and that's what you, that's you, what you feel is a your black color, genre of music, but, yeah, we don't have, yeah, we don't have time for all that, but, but yeah, I mean, point, like, you know, um, I mean, this feels like deja vu, this conversation. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah, it's not hard to like go back in our history to talk to see what we've talked about this kind of thing i mean like as i said i don't really care for it but like i'm I'm not gonna stop you from like you know doing something that your people clearly want in a lot of ways people want jay park um for some reason and so you know like i'm not gonna i can't tell you what to do but at the same time like you can't really ask you can't be on on instagram live talking about like you know, we I, we want to play these characters like they're not human beings who existed and lived and breathed and like, you know, are part of a larger discriminatory like storyline and like not storyline, but like situation, you know, and it's kind and like and who had tragic ends like died way before their times, you know, in in like some, you know, gang warfare bullshit that, you know, is a problem and it continues to be a problem. So it's kind of like you you don't care to see black people as, you know, actual people. You just see them as commodities. And that's how this came across, especially like the whole dismissive attitude of it. Like, we want to do this for you. We're doing this all for you. Like, let us do these things for you. Like, no one asked you to do it. So, and we're actually asking you not to do it. So, like, don't. I thought he said this is like a show for Koreans by Koreans or some nonsense like that. I don't know. Maybe I read that. Like, I think I read that somewhere, but I feel like that's definitely something this rapper, whatever his name is, Yoon B said. Um, But I also wanted to point out, I'm not really sure how important this is that, I think the play is supposed to start like what next month and coronavirus I doubt will be gone by then. So the likelihood of this production actually taking place anytime soon, at least I feel like would be unlikely not to say like coronavirus is going to stop the play, but it might honestly i'm like at the point where like things are so crazy in this world coronavirus come through clutch please come <laughs> through like we need you out here in these streets apocalypse i'm just saying i mean <laughs> I, I i i just i feel like the world is such a horrible place right now <laughs> like there is no happiness there is no it's just like horrible like for real so i don't know i you know what maybe this this world should be like what if it was like attack on titan world and we had to like build walls and stuff i would be dead take me out asap like i'm I'd done rather like, just I'm not be around i mean or you could just get to a levi and i have to worry about nothing you but, know i was uh, actually gonna say that i was like if it was an attack on titan world then we would have a levi 
So, so yeah. we would have to worry. I don't want to be me. And Jack want me out the air so fast. I would be, you know what? Hopefully I would be a shifter. So I wouldn't have nothing to worry about. Yeah, but like you only you have a fixed timeline. Like I think you only live for like six years or some shit like that. So you know you Yeah, but that would be the best six years of anybody's life ever. Yeah, I guess. I don't worry. Maybe it might be okay. Well, no, never mind. Um, because that's how like you know how like the the Titans actually don't like eat you. You sort of like Yeah fester. Maybe they don't bite you either. So you can kind of like figure out a way to stab your way out. You know, and that's really strange. Are you sure? Because they were sure on chomping on some of them. People. Yeah, but like, Aaron was inside of the Titan's stomach. Yeah, and they don't actually eat you for, like, nutrients. They, like, that's sort of just a thing that they do. They just put you in their mouth and they, they chop. But they don't actually... <laughs> what the teeth is made out of, like, you know them little um toys where when you push it down, it, like, it, it doesn't, like, stay hard. It, like, pushes up. You know what I'm talking about? It's like a piano key. Like you push down on it, it doesn't stay there. It goes down with your fingers. So yeah, what yeah. if their teeth are like that? Well, they don't. I mean, I guess. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean. What if inside of you no? Know, that's this is a strange conversation. The yeah. inside of the Titan's mouth. Um, yeah. Yep. Um. Anything else about um all eyes on me? <laughs> on oh, that. Jay Park should audition. Oh my god. <laughs> oh wow. Next thing we need. I'm surprised you didn't executive produce it. Mm-mm. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Next time on Not Your Average Netizen manga or anime. Oh um, yeah, we're we're doing an anime deb. If you want to be a part of it, we can draw you in. Ooh, we'll give you a character. Why did you say that? We have nothing ready. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just burst the bubble. Hey, I, but... did, I didn't tell. I I just I I'm making stuff up too. No, so we definitely I mean, do an anime. I, anime. I could talk about um, Vegeta and how he's a better father than Goku for like five hours if you wanted. So like we can, we can get it in. Um, oh, but can anyway. I ask you guys a question? Yeah. Listeners out here, please help me with this if you watch anime. Um, what is the anime that's like a family anime in which two in like in which there's infighting in the family? If anybody knows an anime like that, if you could type some, you know, leave us comments with names of titles that you think it could be, that'd be great. Mm, how about like Hunter versus Hunter? Is, is that like a mainstream anime? Because I, I, I yeah, believe it's, pretty popular. it's a mainstream. It's pretty popular. Um, oh. It's not the main character, but um, his best friend pretty much like his family is like all these assassins and he tries to leave because he doesn't want to be an assassin. So Yum. like, so literally like, um, like they, the family has to like take care of him in some ways because they want to pull him back into the fold. And so there is like some weird family. Um, I thought, Oh, I thought it was bleach too. Sorry. I'm, um, I, I heard what you said. I yeah. thought it was bleach, but when I no. said that that was, I was told that it is not bleach. So it's not bleach because um Ichigo's yeah, from KFC. great. Um yeah, Ichigo's family is great. And um I mean there is some family drama. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> 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 but it's not like um yeah, it's not the same thing as if they're like actually like 
you know, taking hands on each other or anything like that. Inuyasha? Um, no, I mean, Inuyasha. Is that like one of those? Yes, show me. I mean, half brother, yeah. and he does try to kill him from you know a lot of the show. <laughs> you said his dad tries to kill him. His brother, his half brother, because um, Inuyasha is like a half demon, and so Shomaru is like a full demon, and he's Wait. all like, "I'm better than you, jerk," and so he keeps trying to kill him. And um, but he wait is he actually an incubus? Is he an incubus? No, he's a dog, like half dog, half human. Dog Ew, puking. Okay, no, 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 but he's not like really that dog light. Like, not really. And some anime characters, you, you if, they, if they were if they were real human beings, what? He is, he's a trifling. <laughs> He, he, he probably the type to eat a chicken donut. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh Lord. I am mad that you showed me that. I could have lived without that. He um, is trifling because he was like, oh, Kagome, I love you. But then the second Kikyo oh, comes around, he's like, oh, even, Kagome. Because Kikyo, she's, she knew. She knew that she didn't really want me here. Oh my god, what is Inuyasha a shonen anime? Yeah, yeah, yikes. Um, Honestly, a lot of the like more um, ones are shonen, yeah, yeah, which is trash because I that's just I'm I don't feel it, I don't see it for her. Did you watch Madoka yet? You have no, oh, that's so good. What? I'm sorry. It's about the donut. Yeah, no, I know. I just saw it too. I'm like, oh my god. Did everybody see the chicken donut? Oh my goodness. Hold on. Why is oh, it? Oh yeah, so I did hot? hear about that. Why is it hot? Oh, so, do you guys want to die? Like, is that like a thing that like Americans strive for? Because Why does everybody think this is like things that Americans do? This is not like this is like just something KFC This is propaganda, okay? <laughs> They're <laughs> on us. Jimmy, this is America. That is America. That is. No, nah, I don't even know Americans that believe that. I don't know what kind of Americans y'all know. Y'all need to get some new friends. This <laughs> <laughs> a more beautiful picture the one I just posted. Okay. It's got yeah, a lot of variety. Yeah, yeah, but um, back to oh, what they got KFC Crocs. <laughs> I was just about to mention that. Oh my god! Oh my god! Okay, I think we're done. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. Speaking <laughs> of uh, last topic. Oh, we got another topic, girl. <laughs> 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 well, this shouldn't take too long. Um, and uh, Nat may need to help me with this one because I think I'm missing some context, but uh, it involves journalists uh, getting uh, messing up over K-pop and K-pop uh, facts. Um and we have the BuzzFeed uh, article that was released on, was originally posted in October about K-pop group Super M and then being the first Korean act to achieve number one on the Billboard 200 albums chart. But it was basically, they questioned well, not questioned, but kind of brought up the idea of um, bundling, which um, 
they kind of implied was a main or was a key reason that Super M's mini album sold um, so many album sales. Um, they had a first week total of 168,000 units, and according to Billboard, 164,000 of those were album sales, while 4,000 came from streaming. And um, Nat, what was the context behind the Super M article? And mm, well, it was incredibly biased. <laughs> like okay. just to put it out there, um, it was all about like it did mention that you know bundling was done by Americans, and it mentioned you know like Summer Walker, who had been um, I think she had her album drop at the same time as Super M two, and she was offering bundling because she wanted to get the number one spot. And it mentioned um, DJ Khaled, as we mentioned before, as well, too. So, I mean, like, there was some integrity to the article, but a lot of, like, what they had retweeted, like, they had used in terms of, like, tweets from the internet were from armies who, you know, already have a vested interest in sort of um, taking away from Super M's accomplishments, you know? Um, And the fact that, like, you know, bundles are not, you know, Someone made actually a really good point how like albums today, especially in K-pop, are all bundles because before you, when you bought an album, you just got the album. And now you get like photo books, you get all these extra things with it. Like, so, I mean, and like the whole thing is a bundle. Um, But anyways, back to the point. Um, The, like, it's, it's done and it's not like, like if Billboard had a problem with it, they would prevent all bundling, but they don't. They just, get rid of like they just um prevent or try to prevent um any flagrant sort of bundling and also like superman was number one on the world charts for eight weeks so i mean i bundles are not like that would be very like hard to do so uh it sort of came across as if it was like an attack on super m which we've seen a lot of like honestly i feel like every day um usually it's armies like Shade, no shade, I don't know, whatever. Um, it is usually armies that are like on here trying to like tell people what to do and like try to trying to take away from other people's success. Anytime somebody else gets a little bit of success, like they get in their feelings about it, I guess. Um, even though BTS is doing so incredibly well and like nobody's touching them at this point. Uh, and so the article, you know, was biased and there was a lot of corrections at the bottom, you know, because it was a biased article. Uh, so what had happened was there was somebody who used to work with her at some other journal, I guess, online. And, you know, they had some tea to spill on her as well, too. And just like what people did for attention, um, which was basically like, you know, cater to armies because they know, you know, the attention will bring clicks. It'll bring revenue, things like that. And then it also came out that like, even with all the stuff that she had to say about bundling and, you know, how wrong it is and blah, blah, blah. Um, the art, the journalist had been at the super M show and was standing them. So it kind of just came across as like, you're willing to say this stuff for clicks, but you know, you're actually a fan. So like how, like make that make sense, you know, like a real fan's not going to shit on their fave because, you know, they want the attention. And then like, you know, behind the scenes, like, stand them. Like, that just doesn't make any sense. 
Uh, so that was one of the, like, there's always something on Twitter, but that was one of the most recent issues on Twitter. Um, as to the other, you know, K-pop or music journalists, uh, that would have been Porochista Kakpor. Uh, Hopefully I'm not butchering your name. It's not my intention. Uh, this article, this um, journalist uh, who tweeted out that uh, BTS was making gangster rap earlier as well too, um, had seen, had like screen capped someone who, you know, was by all intentions black um, saying like, I hate N-words and had been like, don't say n-word it's not right and you know people were black people were kind of like uh first of all they're black second of all you can't tell black people not to say things that they want to say and you can't actually say things that you don't want other people to say because it's derogatory it doesn't make sense uh so that person got dragged but she seemed to sort of like sit in it and was like you know I don't know who these people are. I feel like they're not real black people. So, you know, my opinion still stands and anybody who doesn't agree with me um, is, you know, being racist or whatever on their own end and it's anti-black or whatever. And it's like, it's kind of like attached to the all eyes on me situation. I feel because it's like people who, you know, are not white, but also not black putting themselves in position to sort of police black people and to sort of like um because they were raised on something or because they like something they feel like it is their place to be an authority on it and it's not the case (laughs) it's not the case at all like let us have our things you can like it for sure but like don't tell us what to do and don't like think being an ally means being also a bully and also like mainly don't be a hypocrite like the internet never forgets and you just look like a fool afterwards so that's kind of um what i had seen recently on twitter i don't know if anybody else had seen it or are aware of what was going on i do want to read the tweet that she wrote about (laughs) bts which is just has so much wrong with it By the way, what is the name of that track? It's spelled uh, but they say it differently. How do they say it? They, they say ooh. It's, ooh. it's ooh. Ooh, okay. Um, and she writes, I was a hip-hop journalist for a long time and really wish I could convince hip-hop heads to give a listen to this track, ooh, on the new BTS, which features some of the most insane hard rapping I have heard since we used to use embarrassing terms like gangster rap. I swear. I have a lot like of issues with what she said, starting with why she felt like gangster rap was an embarrassing term. They were gangsters who rapped like i'm confused (laughs) (laughs) you're a hip-hop journalist and you feel like gangster rap was an embarrassing term like i was listening to regulate by warren g in nate dog this morning and i mean it is definitely gangster music like (laughs) the whole idea of regulating is a gangster term 
So, okay. Um, yeah, I know. Like, as I said, like, it fits into our last topic because it really is about people who are not staying in their lane. And then when they are in their lane, they're not doing what they should be doing as allies. So, uh, like, you're useless on both points. Like, just stop doing what you're doing. And I feel like she clearly said this for clicks because she retweeted it. Like, she retweeted the, or she posted a screenshot of the um, tweet and like circled the retweets and likes that she got which were quite a lot and then she was like nothing makes me go viral like tweeting about my beloved prince's bts so i feel like it's like you were you were going over the top with that whole tweet just so that people would retweet you and be like yeah i agree she needs to go outside if she's saying things like that or tweeting things like that. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's like the era of clout, you know, like everybody wants it and they're willing to do whatever it takes, even if it means um, making a total ass of themselves, <laughs> you know, like just for the attention. Like a lot of these, like a lot of these YouTubers you guys are talking about who how they stretch out like these reaction videos and they do the most. You know, or like people who have jumped onto the BTS bandwagon because they know that armies will come and be like, oh, you like them? We like you, you know, kind of thing and give them the attention that they want. And and then behind closed doors, they're like, oh, I don't like none of their songs. I don't like any of these people. Like, oh, they make trash music. Like, <laughs> you know, like, it's like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that wasn't the case here. Yeah. Any thoughts on that? <laughs> the bundling, it's, a mess. I mean, I don't even like in general, I don't like it because then that's like the standard. Like you can't just get the CD anymore. Like you have to get the CD and the shirt and all this extra stuff that really it's nice to collect, but that's not like you can't listen to a sticker. <laughs> you can't. And like how many times are you really going to look through that photo book? Like it's just extra that really doesn't having to me having a real purpose that okay it's something nice to look at every once in a while but i bought the cd to listen to the music like that um i will say that k-pop does have some nice albums like the cd cases like those are nice sometimes um and i guess this is because like the way that i grew up that I'm like more used to just like the standard CD case and the booklet and that's it like that. But since CD sales aren't what they used to be, that the bundling kind of makes up for it or like how they include in their tour touring uh, tickets. Cause some of the concerts that I gone to, um, <clears throat> they came with the CD, but even then it would be like the edited, um, version of the cd <laughs> and i was like okay you want me to spend over a hundred dollars for this concert ticket and you can't even give me the, the deluxe edition like nope. you give me the walmart kids bop version of the album this is trash i'm better off downloading the songs myself <laughs> and risking you know the fbi coming to my house than doing all this um and part of it that 
to me shows that where's people's focus is like, you know, if they say like, I want to do music and that's what I'm really doing it for. But then they're out here, you know, doing the most with these bundles to try and get number one. And then they don't get it. They're going to look foolish. I mean, we already seen that happen like with Nicki Minaj and then that other person, they were both doing the most. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the, the other person got the number one album, but, like, nobody's talking about the album anymore. Like, so was that really all worth it? Okay, you got your number one, but that's it. That was just a flash in the pan like that. So, I don't know. It's just too much. It's all this foolishness that doesn't really need to be there. Um, In terms of the bundling, I feel like I definitely want to recognize that times are just changing in terms of the industry. Like, honestly, I would argue that, like, why is radio such a big factor still when most people stream nowadays? Um, so I'm not totally against bundling unless it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, kind of like when DJ Khaled... I think he bundled, I don't know if he had any say in it, but the website he went through, like, bundled his album with, like, some energy beverage. So that's part of why it was disqualified in the first place. And that I can completely um, understand with that. But um, the in terms of the journalists, I... Yeah, I think some bias definitely came through um, in the Super M article, whether or not it was intentional. Um, I definitely don't know the other lady who, like, was tweeting, but she seems to have a lot of hot takes that she could chill out on. So, um Demon, any thoughts? Well, that is all the topics in this very long podcast. Um, before we close out, does anyone have any shout outs? K Tiger Zero, mm-hmm. um, shout outs to, I want to say Jungkook, but he actually recently got on my nerves. So <laughs> I'll save that. He's um, grounded. He's grounded. grounded. Um, it's something like that, I guess. Shout out to <laughs> my son, Hechan. I mean, he's still on punish with me, with me, because of he knows why. He we have our reasons, we have issues that we need to work out. Um, he still needs to own up to that. Uh, but shout outs to him anyway, because vocally, I mean, none of these children are touching my son. Um, let's see what else. Shout outs to, um, shout out to Nat. Shout out to you guys. Shout out to Deb for coming and joining us on this episode. It was very, a pleasure having her on. Um, thank you. Yeah, of course. Um, shout out to my co-podcasters, like I was saying, Nat and Jay and Ash. What else? Um, I know we've been talking about anime this whole episode, 
but it's only because I'm slowly becoming obsessed. I don't know what it is. Okay. I really don't know what it is that is like drawing me to this particular character. And at first I used to think to myself, why do people only talk about this character? Because I found out that actually this character is not even the main character of his show. So I was like, why are people like obsessed with this character? I never understood it. But like now I'm starting to understand it. It's just something. I never. Okay. Is it strange that like, in my opinion, I feel like fictional characters can have charisma. Absolutely. Like there's certain characters where I'm like, like this person, I just, if this was a real life human being, this probably, they could probably take over the, the world with how much charisma they have. Um, so I was also one of those, I don't want to know if I want to expose myself. Ash, please, um, when you, I don't know if you're going to edit this episode, but cut this out. I was also one of those people that grew up having, <laughs> y'all could judge me so hard. I don't even know if I want to say it. Are you guys going to judge me if I say it? Yes. Okay, so I'm just going to say it anyway. <laughs> I, I grew up I grew up having a strange period, or that I shouldn't in a sentence like that, a, a strange phase, I should say, where I kind of sort of was like, hmm, Trunks from Dragon Ball Z is really cute. <laughs> oh, oh, that my is God. facts. That is okay. facts. <laughs> I was like, am I the only person who felt no, that way? Oh, no. Oh, no. Let me you know, I guess some drama, some like weird furry <laughs> stuff or something. Who has I it? Just, I, I grew up really, I had like a real crush on Trump. So I was like, he is so cute. Trump was literally my phone keys for years. Favorite, like, I think he was actually one of my first crushes, was actually on Future Trunks when he came up. <laughs> I feel that. I feel that so Legit. much. Oh, you know what? I have. Mm, I was going to say something, but it's very inappropriate. So I'm just going to. No, it. say it now. Now you have to say it. <laughs> nope, nope, yes. nope. <laughs> now I'm mad because I really want you to say it. I'll say I can. I'm not going to say it on the bike. <laughs> okay. Keep it in mind so you can say it off air. Okay. Um, but shout outs to your boy Levi. Like I, I see it for him now. Like I, I get what everybody sees. He's such an interesting character. So shout outs to him. Um, that's really it because all of these, I'm still like making my way through the world of like anime and manga. And a lot of like my favorite characters so far come from like mangas that are like really not, they have not been turned into animes. You know what I mean? Like, nobody has heard of them they're by like little known i think they're called the people who write mangas they're called manga man, mangaka mangakas yeah mangaka mangaka yeah they're from like people who are like basically are like no names basically but i love those characters that they write so shout out to them jimin i have one question for you yes dub or sub oh oh sub all the way a thousand percent oh. Really? Yes, I can't. Okay, because I tried, okay, when I was looking for clips for like trailers for Attack on Titan, I tried to listen to the dub and I'm like, I don't even feel like he would sound like this. Like this character is what it would even sound like this. And then when you listen to the the actual Japanese version and you just read the subs, you like I don't know, it just feels more authentic. It feels like, oh yeah, even though strangely enough, 
I just found out, which I guess I kind of always knew, that the characters in Attack on Titan aren't even Japanese. They're like all white. Yeah. Which I guess I always knew because Levi, Aaron, those are not like Japanese like names. No, I think and they Lachata don't really is the like the only Asian. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. kind of strange because at yeah. the same time they look like every other anime character. So, which <laughs> anime people? That's a whole other conversation. None of them. They really don't have like a race to me because even the quote unquote like black animated people, unless it's like drawn by a black animator like Boondocks, black anime characters don't even look black to me. They just look like people with brown skin does that make sense like it's hard to explain it doesn't they don't have a race to me i don't really think of it in that in those terms a lot of times or actually okay i know i'm talking a lot but i want to say this too remember when i sent you that picture from black butler Nat? yes that racist little like (laughs) they had this uh character on there that was chinese and he was the only character that was like a walking stereotype yeah, they're like that though for the Chinese. All the Chinese characters are like that. Like if you watch um, Codename Gifts, oh, you would like that. Uh, yeah, they had like a whole Chinese faction and they were like stereotypes, like, you know, war against Japan, you know, stereotypes. Like I was kind of watching it like I'm uncomfortable watching this right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have y'all seen Full Metal Alchemist? I have. The way they do that one prince dude. <laughs> Yes. Oh and then God. when he, yeah. I mean, like, it's like talking about Mr. Popo, right? right. Like, Mr. Popo is, um, yeah, he he exists. See, I need good yeah. art in my animes. Not saying Full Metal Alchemist is like art. That's not what I'm saying at all. That, that had bad timing. I was just saying, if you guys are going to recommend me anime yeah. I, and like manga, I like good art. I, I hate shonen. Anything but shonen. Um, I, I'll even take. I'll take literally anything but shonen. Anything. Yeah. Um, and I prefer if the characters are. I, I prefer subs first and foremost. So an anime with subs will be nice instead yeah. of dub. Um, what else? Yeah. So listeners, if you want to recommend some anime, um, and I love like. Like really good dramatic tension, like you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I don't, I don't want everything to be like there's a battle, and like that's what Shonen is to me. You like, have to watch Madoka. I can't believe you're saying all this and you're not watching Madoka. I don't even know how to spell it. M A D O K A. It's like Madoka. Oh, Madoka. Yeah. That, um, the one where um, or is that the other it's one? The, the magic girl one. Card keeper. What's isn't it called Car Keeper or something? No, that's Card Capture Sakura. That's completely different. It is, but it's also really good. But okay. um, I'm telling you, Madoka is like you want the apocalypse. That's the best one for you. It's oh. it's messed up. Um, <laughs> yeah, but that's my shout out. Sorry for taking so long. Um, like I said, you know, look out for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll go next. Uh, keep it short, I guess. Um, Wow. Shout out to uh, us. It's 1.59 a.m. So shout out to us. Uh, shout out to Deb for being here um, and to her mm-hmm. podcast, Waitin. Um, and shout out to our listeners. You know, thanks for listening. And, you know, shout out to subs and dubs because, you know, for me, it depends on the, the, the anime. 
some actually work better for me as dubs and some actually work better for me as subs. So it it really like depends on the anime. Um, and shout out to to um, Levi. Shout out to Vegeta and shout out to Yungi. I is going to have a baby with Levi, I swear. <laughs> Uh, shout out to, you know, my short trio. I don't really like short men, but I love the three of them. So it is what it is. And yeah, shout out to anime. It's, it's wonderful, beautiful thing. That's it for me. <laughs> Jay. Shout out to us and Deb for coming by our listeners to um jay park who may or may not be listening you know hook us up you know you can come on here <laughs> i think that that's it yeah um uh, i would like to go uh shout out to all of all all of y'all for doing the damn thing um this podcast is more consistent than mine will ever be i strive to be this consistent <laughs> Um, and I really love that you guys like come together and speak your mind because we definitely need more black creators and POC creators in this space, which is why I'm so happy you guys are down for the K, um, KCON thing that I was trying to put together. Who knows if that'll ever actually happen, but I'm glad that at least now I'm connected with all y'all. Um, besides from that, I would say shout out to, um, you know what, Minnow, because I want to see him live so bad and he's in stuck up in YG and the festival he was supposed to perform at was canceled. Well, it was postponed because of coronavirus. So like wishing that man all the best. <laughs> um, Shout out to NCT One Seven. Congrats on releasing Nia Zone. And who else? Uh, Doja Cat, because she is also killing it. And yeah. Oh yeah, that's it. And all the black creators, if I haven't said that already. Awesome. Uh, I concur with all of the shout outs, and also shout out to Jungkook's tattoos. They finally yes. got to um, oh my mm, mm. finally I'm, got the surface. There's so many expletives going through my head about those tattoos. <laughs> I actually really do like what I saw from the tattoos. I actually did like them, not the ones on his hands. The ones yeah, on the I was about to say we can ignore the ones on his fingers. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, again, I would love to just. Um, Thank Deb for being here and sitting with us and talking with us about K-pop for over three hours. Uh, That is not an easy feat. So thank you so much for joining us and being here and like just having a great conversation with you. Um, It was enjoyable and we would love to have you back again. So thank you so much. And is there anything that you would like to promote your podcast again or anything else you'd like to say? 
Sure. Um, yeah. Support black creators. If you see, you know, POC and black people writing about K-pop, boost that ish because we are here too. We out here. Um, and my podcast again is called Twiteen Words: Unpopular K-pop Opinions. But if you search "unpopular K-pop opinions," you probably find it easier. Um, on Twitter, I'm Whiteen Podcast and uh, Whiteen Pod on Instagram. And FY Whiteen is spelled H W A I T I N G. All right. Once again, this was not your average netizens. You can find us on all the social media. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. It's not your average netizens. We're on Twitter. Is NYA netizens. You can also drop us a line at not your average netizens at gmail.com. We have a website. Um, you can click the link on our Twitter, I believe, um, and reach our website through there. And we also have a Patreon. Uh, it is in the early stages, and we plan on adding a lot more content, but at the moment, um, we are doing this for free, uh, but we are always thinking of new ways to make this uh, more interactive and more enjoyable for you, the listeners. So if you like to donate any, anything <laughs> to our efforts, um, please feel free. Um, the link is also um, on our Twitter but you can also find us on Patreon under not your, is it under not your average netizens? Uh, sure. No, the Patreon is Nyan netizens. Nyan netizens. Okay. It's um, under Nyan netizens on Patreon. So if you go there, um, you know, and you feel like you want to donate a dollar or 50 cent. Or $10 million. Dollars. <laughs> yeah. If you're rich and you just decide that you just want to not have your money no more, J Park, you know what to do. <laughs> J Park, maybe you can consider this as an apology. <laughs> if you, uh, can I say something real quick to our yeah. listeners? To our Russian listeners out there, I like to say, um, Das Vidanaya. Um, sorry if I'm saying that wrong. Um, but I'm pretty sure it means goodbye in Russian. So that's Vidanaya. It does, because at the end of Anastasia, you know the cartoon version, she goes, Das Vidanya, Rasputin, and she steps on the like thingy and his soul goes out and he dies. So yeah, it's correct. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's Vidanya. Stomped on that. She was dead. <laughs> 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 all right um any last words any at all wash Thank your you hands yes. sayonara what's yes. uh wash your hands please uh au revoir au revoir adios adios aloha um i hope you kiss all or castle uh 
Manasopangasu. <laughs> Why are you saying? Okay. Uh, okay. 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 <laughs> um, what, what's goodbye in Chinese? It's not ni hao. Zaijin, I think. Thank you. Um, um, what other languages y'all know? I don't know. Bye. Anybody know? Ciao. Bye. Ciao. Ciao. Um, the opposite <laughs> of uh, oh yeah, bye. Yeah, that's bye, guys. Monkey the head you say Oh, okay, okay. That's it. I don't know no other ways to say. Okay, we'll and with, next time. with that, we will say goodbye and see you on our next episode. That's Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.